and uh, we'll come back with cores and specials. Yeah, sounds great. Is your name a killing word? Is your mother a hamster and your father smells of elderberries? Did it turn out that those were the droids you were looking for? If you know what I'm talking about, chances are you're a gamer. What better place to get your game on than the Game Preserve? The Game Preserve specializes in analog games of all types, like board games, family games, chess sets and jigsaw puzzles, and especially hobby games. They carry the complete GW line as well as Magic the Gathering, D&D, and Heroclix. They have gaming space for tournaments, game nights, and demo games just about any night of the week. So stop shopping at the jerk store and be one of the gaming elite. And visit the Game Preserve with four Indiana locations to choose from. Two in Indianapolis, one in Bloomington, and one in the gaming capital of the universe, Lafayette, Indiana. Visit them at GamePreserveStores.com or call 765-448-4200. Game Preserve. If you're not shopping here, the only way to move is not to play. We are back. And maybe even better than ever. You know, after our last couple of, I guess we call them short episodes, are keeping it in the two and a half hour range, which to me is a short episode. It's kind of feels fun to have another just sitting down marathon going through, picking it apart bit by bit. Well, you can't really skim on it an army book. You need to. No, our, our, our army reviews are pretty damned thorough, which is amazing, you know, because we don't, we haven't played it yet, but I mean, just. Talking theory on this is, well, we should, I think it's fun. We should state it up front. Yeah, this is Theory Hammer, guys. We're having uh, our first impressions of the book, so things are going to change, and we understand yeah. that. So we hope you'll, I guess, take that with a grain of salt. Hey, it's a first impression, and you know what? These are our thoughts as we're looking at it. Maybe you thought of this, too, and you're thinking we're crazy. Maybe you're agreeing with us. Maybe, maybe like when Cranky brought up that detachment stuff, maybe you hadn't thought about it from that point of view at all. So we're just... These are our ideas. What can we do with this army? Well, when you see when you go into our forum, and of course we uh, we post an episode uh, link. Yep, that would be a great time to start a conversation about the empire. And I'd love to hear what people say as they start playing their army. I know that Andy Sherman plays them. Uh, Relian has a fantastic mind for this sort of thing. I'd love to hear what people have to say as they experience the army. Yep, and get their impressions. I agree. Should we get into the core? Sure. Um, well, there aren't any, so let's go straight to specials. <laughs> they have no core. That's right. They get to skip that whole rule of having 20, 25% of their army That's being right. core. It's called cores for pansies. Now, um, we did, you know, the. I guess they did get a little more expensive, um, and some of the things changed. Um, you can argue that the extra point is... Is bad. It's it, it is what it is. I mean, it is what it is, and I I still think getting those uh, a lot of these guys are becoming they can be detachments, and all the extra bonuses they get as detachments make that point worth it if you're taking them as detachments. But in the big picture, I mean, how many core models are you going to have? Even if you have a hundred core models, then yes, that's going to cost you an extra hundred points, and that could be five percent of your army. Would cost. you bear in mind that any of your troops now suddenly can have hatred if they want to? Or cold-blooded, if they want to. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're they're core. I think the I think the I think the Empire's core, in general, has gotten better. Some of them have had an initiative drop here or there. They well, I mean, they, they themselves are the same. Has gotten better, but their potential has gotten better because of the unit because of the character choices. So the real weakness of this army is the lore of death is bad news for the Empire. Outside of that, they're a pretty tough army. I mean, they're initiative three. You need to roll what it, on, on oh, that. What I mean by that is character assassination. If you True. can pick out the characters, the army itself loses its strength. True, but a lot of that is based off of leadership, is it not? Uh, you mean the lore of death? Yeah. Each spell has its own. 
Oh, okay. One is based on leadership, another based on toughness, another based on strength. So there are several uh, character assassination spells within the lore of death. My my point was not that they themselves, the characters, are necessarily vulnerable, although some of them are. It's that should characters be picked out and killed, this army immediately suffers the effects. Oh, it's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's what makes them as strong as they are. Yeah. There are some units themselves that stand alone. My opinion would be the great swords and the flagellants. Right. But as far as the core units go... A straight leadership seven. It will, except for the cav. It's a straight leadership seven down the down the down the line. Yeah, weapon skills three, strength three, and it really does just based on what weapon they're carrying. Leadership seven, nothing impressive. Initiative three. They are as av- this. This is the definition of an average army. Yeah, you're right. So yeah, the, almost like we said even in the beginning, it's the characters that make it. It's that guy telling you, you will hold this line. We mm-hmm. will do this. It's that old grizzled veteran, that one guy that stands out that makes these guys better than the sum of their parts. And in a, on an average roll, these guys only barely pass a leadership test. They're yeah. always on the cusp of thinking that they'd rather run away and just become a farmer far away from this. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not a reliable army, but with the right keys in place, with the right tools in place, you can, you can supplement them. You need those characters to give them a boost to their leadership to make them more reliable. Yeah. So, I mean, basically, when you look at this list, it's pretty much straight threes, except for wounds and attacks are one and leadership is seven. At, at the There's core, a few yeah. exceptions. At the um, core level, it's not even so much about the troop because they're all the same. It's what they're kitted out with. Yeah. And they have every option. Yep. And the swordsmen do have a weapon skill of four. That's true. Although they used to have an initiative of four and that dropped. Yes, that's so, so, But that's how it is. Uh, let's see. Now, um, okay. Halberds, spears, swords, crossbows, handguns, archers, and free company. Um, and free company is the only pure... Pure detachment. Correct. Uh, let's talk about them real quick. Uh, there are six points a model. You can give them a full command. Um, they have two hand weapons, which means you're going to get an extra attack. Um, free militia? I only see fighter and leader. Do they really have? Leader, standard oh, bear, yeah, musician. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. I see it now. Okay. Um, but they have two hand weapons. So, but they now are... that I like. But they're naked. Yeah. Well, I don't mind that. Then again, I, I play a lot of units where it's all offense, no defense. I like the two hand weapon right. myself, but... Yeah, I mean, getting the extra hand weapon is nice. Getting the extra attack uh, is, is a bonus. Mm-hmm. Um, at six points... Eh, you know, they have to well, be with, a detachment, with, though. With Hatred, that's not bad. With Mind Razor, that's spectacular. Uh, well, that's true. I didn't even think about that. Um, so I guess the base, I guess the core, the base core unit would be the Spearmen. They're spears and light armors, uh, and they're five points apiece. Mm-hmm. Um, they can be a regiment, take two attacks. You can give them shields, so then spear, light armor, shield, they're six points. And once again, pretty much straight threes. They're a very basic troop. Um, they do get to fight in the extra rank when they're charged. Right. It's the same spear rule. Yeah. Um, like I said, I prefer the halberdiers myself. Yeah, because the strength four instead of strength three. It's worth it. Yeah. They give them the shields and the light armor. Now, the problem is the halberd is a two-handed weapon. Mm-hmm. So well, no, you don't, no shield anymore. So they don't get the shield in the close combat, although the shield would be nice getting to get to the close combat. As often as not, for me, the core unit I choose in their weapons loadout is partially based on what lore of magic I'm taking. 
So if I'm taking Lore of Life, I don't have to worry quite as much about protecting them. So then True. I'll go heavier strength. Whereas if I'm taking Lore of Shadow, for example, and I'm going to be going for that Mind Razor or lowering their toughness, then I want to worry about the quantity of, ta- of attacks. Well, and like I said, I was doing some math hammer with the uh, skeletons and the ghouls, just trying to figure out who's better and who's what are this, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. Um, and I basically, I've just come to this sort of, on a, a, a personal decision, okay, so the spearmen will get a five-up armor save because they can hold their shield. Mm-hmm. The halberdiers are going to get a six-up armor save. There's pretty much no difference between a 5-up and a 6-up armor save. Yes, a strength 4, you'll still get an armor save with your spearmen. You won't with your halberds. At strength 5, though, and a lot of guys, especially if you're taking halberds or a lot of these armies are taking great weapons, you're seeing a lot of strength 5 attacks. Unless your armor save is 4 or lower, it's... it's When I'm looking at these two units, I'm saying my halberds are going to hit harder. And I can charge with them and not have to, you know, I'm not worrying about that extra rank from the spears. Um, and quite frankly, the five extra attacks, they're going to get at, uh, they're, they're going to get maybe two to three extra hits. But they're between a strength three and a strength four attack. The other guys are going to get more wounds. It's all going to wash out. So, Well, if you're going for an, a unit that's primarily steadfast, mm-hmm. spears are a better choice. Okay, I'll give yeah I'll, yes I'll definitely give you that. So I mean that's that's one thing you're going to think about is am I going to be steadfast because they're not going to get the protection otherwise? That I, could I not afford that um, that character to put in there to make them hold the line? For example, if they're going to be out in space on their own without any protection, then maybe just the BSB nearby. Then maybe spears deep are the best way to go. Well, I mean, I, I, I very, it just depends. It depends. Yeah, it depends. It depends on your taste. I think it's kind of it's it's very close to a six of one, half a dozen of the other between your spearmen and your halberdiers. I just think with so much, well, is, is in, in, in my mind with so much of the toughness four out there, and you know you've had it with your with your dark elves, all those strength three attacks, you're just like. It's frustrating because you know you've got a lot of them, but they have to commit. Right. Well, if you've got lots of strength three attacks, my suggestion there is take a warrior priest. That's an almost obvious choice. Right. Because then you're going to get hatred built in. They're going to get to re-roll everything. And hopefully you'll get that that uh, that prayer off to re-roll to wound. Yeah, that's the one that really matters to you. And that's the one that your opponent almost has to recognize. Oh, I don't know what their lore is, but I have to stop that. And I know I'm a total dork on this. Um, because it has nothing to do with the game, but I just like the halberdiers better as far as models or anything else goes. I just I like the concept. I think they fit their fluff just a little bit better. No, oh, I like all the weapons they've got. I think the I actually like the Empire troops. They look pretty cool. They are pretty cool. Okay, so spearmen and halberdiers. Um, it, like I said, it depends on your your style of play almost more than anything else. I don't think that. Between seventh and eighth, I mean the points have changed in minor ways, but I don't think your tactics have changed. In a great deal, uh, in terms of what weapon choices you take, that's up to the kind of army you build, spears versus halberds versus handguns. And, it, yeah, play style and the type of army you build. Um, swordmen have the weapon skill of four. They do, and they also that means they've got a parry save. And their sword, light armor, shield, yeah, so they've got a five-up, six-up. It's a shame that their initiative went down. Um but I, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? I mean, how how often does that make a difference? A little bit of a difference it does make, but I think yeah. for their points, maybe it's fair. Yeah, I mean... I think you'll see fewer people take them, but but you never know. Yeah. Uh, so be it. 
Well, I mean, they do get this. Like I said, it's that that's that that parry save actually. When you consider how crappy most of the core unit armor is, you know what? It's it's not that it's going to come up a lot. It's that every once in a while the odds go against your opponent, and you get like three of them, <laughs> and yep. it makes the difference. And suddenly they break from combat because you made a whole bunch of parry saves. It's yeah. the fact that you can survive any hit with a parry save. Yep. Um, now archers, they got they got they have every type. Once again, the 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 array you can pick. Bows, crossbows, or... Guns. Or guns. Uh, the cheapest being the bows. I don't know if they were before. Their archer units are now skirmishers, though. They're skirmishers, and they also have scouts. Or are those the huntsmen? Oh, uh, the huntsmen are okay. the scouts. Um, we can get, to, get into that in a second. Yeah. I don't recall that they were skirmishers before, but then again, I just don't recall people taking them before. And I wasn't an Empire player, so it's something I may have missed. So um, I don't. I don't think that they were skirmishers before, but I'm not speaking with any sort of real authority on that. I think skirmishers in Eighth Edition has become something of the. I just don't see it that often. Oh, it's skinks. become a bit of a bugbear. You know what? Honestly, well, you see, I think I you see, see skinks, those. Yeah. yeah, the skinks you see a lot because they can do the poison multiple attack nonsense and maybe shades uh, and and the occasional shadow warriors. My biggest problem isn't even that you can't have them in the cloud. My biggest problem is getting them on the silly movement train and lining them all together. I still haven't found a good way. They even sell, I think it's Scale Force 9, sells the 20-millimeter movement trays with the little half-inch gaps between them with a little piece of wood. Now, but then yeah. when you got to pull them together, then they're on top and they're all sideways. I just You, you know what I wish? And this is going to – people are just going to – You wish I, for pancakes? I, well, always, Dave. And a always. Nice, and a nice, really good-looking pair of sideburns. Well, I wasn't going to say sideburns. Okay. Okay, <laughs> not with my pancakes. Uh, well, Maybe. not on the pancakes. Oh, okay. Just, I want some just nice looking sideburns. I want sideburns. Yes. Well, I'm eating a really nice stack of flapjacks. Yeah, I get down with that. Okay. All right. Yes. All right. Yes. <laughs> Yay me! No, what I was going to say was I kind of wish that they would just flat out change the rule for skirmisher. Go back to like rank them up, but when a template hits, you cut in half and round up the number of hits or something like that. And when you shoot at them, it's just an automatic minus one rather than have to do the fussy spaces between them. Exactly. I, spacing them out, I understand that they're leaving a bigger footprint there, and, and, and a footprint in 8th edition yeah. is a big thing. I get it, but it's... It's a pain in my hinder. It, it's an unfunny thing in a game that's supposed to be simpler and easier to play. That's just... It's a hassle. Because it's... And uh, while you're at it, yeah, flapjacks. <laughs> You know, just they're skirmishers. Let them be ranked up normally, but yes, but they're skirmishers in your mind mentally. They're not in that rigid rank. Um, just as the dragon in your mind is actually flying. Or just as the two units, when they come together, aren't just fighting row to row, but they are a swirling mass of battle with guys just all over the place. It's And GW, if you really cared about me, you would bring me pancakes. I don't care if you're in Nottingham. I want flapjacks right away. And some nice maple syrup. Yeah, real maple syrup. So go to Canada first because it's delicious. Stop in Canada. Get the syrup. Or if it, if you can find a good maple tree here in the United States, but personally I've heard better things about Canadian maple syrup, so I would ask you to get the best. And while you're doing that, I would like a really high-quality, low-fat chocolate brownie that tastes just as good as the real thing. That's da what I want. Dave, to... you're playing fantasy, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> Come back to real life, would you? There is no such thing. <laughs> Okay. Archers are seven points. They've got bows, which means 24-inch range. They're not long bows. Correct, yeah. But once again, they're skirmishers, which, oh, they're steadfast in the woods. 
That's very true. Uh, you don't see that enough, but eventually one of these days... I mean, suppose you could take a unit of 10 for 70, move them forward, leave them in the woods. They could be shooting... No, not steadfast. I realize there's a very subtle distinction. They're stubborn. Oh, they're stubborn. In the right, I'm sorry. Right. They're stubborn, not steadfast. They're stubborn. It's actually better. You'd rather be stubborn, yeah. not steadfast. Exactly. Uh, crossbowmen and handgunners are nine points a model, and they are basically the exact same model, except that the... Uh, same problems as the dwarven ones, meaning that you they're slow to fire. I think it is. They're slow to fire. I believe they're slow to fire and move or fire. Correct. Because that's what a crossbow and a handgun are. Um, yeah. The only difference between the two is that your uh, marksman for the hand your 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 champion character for the for the handgunners can take a brace of pistols or a long rifle or a repeater handgun. See, that's part of the reason to take those things right there. Is now you've got a sniper in that unit. Yeah, and you know, but you're going to pay the nine points a model. You're going to buy a ninety point unit if you give them full command. You're talking a hundred and twenty point unit. But now it becomes a threat. You now you're tempted to charge that thing. Yeah, and it, uh, the Hockland long rifle has got a twenty four inch range, doesn't it? I think it's twenty four. It's not thirty. It's a sniper, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, it's got. Oh, yeah. I think that one's got a decent range. Oh, thirty six. Holy crap! Holy crap is right. And it's strength four, armor piercing, move or fire, and slow to fire. But it's a, it's a three-foot sniper. Yeah. Which means you put this guy on the baseline in turn one, you're picking off characters. And the champion has a better ballistic skill, doesn't he? Uh, four. So that is a better one. Yeah. So, so he's hitting on fours. Well, probably five because of the range. And I think. Oh, no, he's hitting on threes plus range is fours. It's move or fire. There's no movement. I also think that there's a penalty when you actually try and apply sniper. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, might be. So you're likely going to need to hit your target on a five. But if I do, I mean, that's still... That's really not that bad. It means you're going to be rolling at every turn, and, you know, usually by turn two, you might actually hit your target. Yeah, see, I don't have sniper. I've never had sniper. Oh, it's a minus one to hit. You're right. Yeah. But even so, so it's like, okay, well, there's your but level even two. At, at, at 36, I mean, if they move forward pretty much at all, they've moved into short range. That's and true. Then you're, and then you're hitting them on fours. That's very true. <laughs> Uh, there's a reason why that damn thing is 20 points for that rifle, because that's, that's pretty cool. So I think of the three, the crossbows, the handgunners, and the archers, if you're going to take some ballistic skill shooting, you're probably going to go with handgunners in order to get the sniper. Is that what I'm hearing from you? That's what I'm thinking. Um, I might take 10 archers, though, and just move them up into the woods and let them start shooting. Rather than take the 10 archers, well, that's true, too, but I think at that point you want to take the skirmishing scouts. Because then you have the potential, because you don't have to put them, you don't have to put them in your opponent's uh, deployment zone. But if they aren't careful, most, most well, uh, they're one point more. Yeah, that's that's crazy. At that point, you always have the potential to threaten war machines. True, especially but, but, in an army that isn't built well to protect themselves. The other thing you could do with the archers is the archers can be a detachment, so you can start off with them. Mm-hmm. You can move them off somewhere if you want to have them shooting, and, uh, you know, as an annoyance. But you can also bring them in as that, or they can be back there as the stand and shoot reaction to defend your. Uh, Something you have to bear in mind, and you're not going to see it until you actually play, is that if you have detachments, mm-hmm. remember they don't have any command, which means they can't uh, rapid redeploy. Oh, that's true. So you do have to move them carefully, and they're not going to be as fast on the return. That is true. They're not. Yeah, you can't. Uh, I mean. They, yeah, they, they you can't uh, swift reform. You mean you have yeah. to, in order for you to turn somewhere else, you're going to have to wheel, do it the old-fashioned way. True, so. true, true. 
Uh, let's see. And then, of course, here's the big baddie, uh, the Knightly Orders, the monster of the core unit. This is 22 points a model. This one, a unit of 10, is going to cost you 250 Right. Because it's 220 are, plus the 30 points for the full command. Yeah, these are only two points less than the uh, Bretonian Knights of the Realm. Uh, they are going full plate, shield, barding, lance, and hand weapon. So they're one-up cav. Uh, right. Yeah, for... Ten of them is for, half your core. For if you twenty-two wanted to points, go, though, you're getting you're getting a pretty tough unit. They're yeah. going to be hitting at strength. I believe it's five with their lances on, on the, the charge, charge uh, which you're likely going to get. Now you can swap that for a great weapon, which suddenly you're only a two-up armor save, and you are hitting last, but you're hitting at strength five every turn. Say that again. Only two armor save. That's pretty good. Well, I'm saying you know. It's going from a one to a two. I mean, I think part of their selling point is they're a one-up armor save. It's yeah. hard to get out to a one-up armor save now on many things. One thing that's sort of overlooked about the one-plus armor save is that um, strength four is kind of wasted on them. Yeah, strength four. I mean, a, a one always fails even if they're a one-up armor save. Right. So it's that you need to get to strength five in order to even start to make a difference to that. To that, yeah, to that role. No, I actually think that uh, two-hand weapons are very good for these guys. Uh, especially considering that... No, not, not two-hand weapons. It's either lance or a great weapon. Great weapon. I'm sorry. I used the wrong... Two-handed. Two uh, oh, great, yeah. great weapons. It's a pretty good option. Their initiative is three. So it depends on what you charge. I mean, you're going to be hitting last because it's a great weapon. Um, but, yeah, a lot of... I mean, elves, a lot of time, you're still hitting them last with your lance. Sure. I mean, I just... I. It's one of these things where the lance only works on the charge. Mm-hmm. And and if you don't get the charge off, if something happens and you don't get the charge off... It's the cavalry dilemma, is that if you fail the charge, you probably lost a combat. And right. you can't really afford to lose combat with these guys. So It was the early problem with 8th edition, is that people weren't fond of cavalry. Right. Now I think that people are learning how to use them. These guys have right. a lot of potential, but you do have to be careful. Um, but I think the great weapon might be... Uh, me, once again, me personally, I'm I'm looking at the great weapons fondly. Oh yeah, no, there's a good choice for them, yeah. especially considering that they it's already a have. Swap. It's yeah, you're going from a one plus armor save to a two plus armor save, and you're only losing the initiative of three to gain strength plus two all the time, right? And that makes a big difference because then you're no longer afraid of a protracted combat since you have two plus armor saves. You're not going to lose that many guys at a time, right? Right. I mean, I don't know. Especially I mean, you, you, you can could argue take the lore of life. <laughs> there. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Uh, you can upgrade them to inner circle knights, and it makes them suddenly 25 points a model. But those guys become strength four. Right. And then maybe you don't need that great weapon. Maybe you keep that one-up armor save. Of course, a great weapon is suddenly hitting a strength six. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, you know, once again, you got all these questions. Um, inner circle knights uh, can have a magic standard as well. Uh, you only have one unit of inner circle knights. So, but still, I mean, as far as core goes, you could go, you could just totally go crackhead crazy and have two units of basic knightly orders, two units of 10 cav, and that's your whole core right there. That's 500 points. The major downside of these knights versus the Bretonian knights, two things really. One is you don't get the ward save. Okay. Right. That's big. Two, you don't get the lance formation. Okay. That's also big. But these guys are cheaper. Mm-hmm. And they have a better armor save. Yeah. And they're a little slower. They're going to move seven instead of eight because they have barding. But there's a way around that in the magic items. 
And they're very, very good. <laughs> yeah. And like I said, if you just want to play, I mean, I know, especially reading a lot of the fluff, I've been reading a lot of these different books. They had the sort of justice and sort of this and sort of that, these Empire stories. There are these guys who just, they're in units. It's like a Kurt Helborg. He only rides around. I mean, he's he rides around on a horse, and his entire, everyone who goes with him is cavalry. The down, downside of taking a cavalry army with the Empire is that there are war machines out there that can take them out. True. You know, and if you lose that way, you lose quickly. Yes. But that's why I would recommend maybe with a cavalry army, you take lore of life and bring them back. Yeah. And, I mean, you're, you're still running that gamble, but uh, it's kind of nice. And it's, it's a low model count army, too. I mean, you're only running a few <laughs> units, but... It'd be easy to paint. Yeah. And you don't have those cockamamie standards and colors that the Bretonians do, yeah. which, which I love. I'm just com- I'm saying that but it's... flying these guys in, I mean, it, it's... Yeah, dry brush, boom, I'm done. <laughs> Three paint minimum, I'm in. Uh, I mean, I just... I I like them a lot, and they have actually quite a few options. We haven't even gotten into them yet, but there's a there's a special option for these guys uh, besides the Inner Circle. The Reichsguard? Oh, no, the, the Reichsguard is... That's just the Special Knights. That's what I mean, one special oh, yeah. choice? yeah. But yeah, you've in in the special units. But so you can take the core knightly orders, yeah. And then in the special, you've got a separate so unit of knights. There's more to them, yeah, yeah. And we haven't even gotten into the monstrous cab yet, yeah. And then, uh, oh, oh, it's just beautiful. All right, why don't we hit some specials before we take our next break? Let's do it, Dave Whitech, Esquire. Oh, and Christopher Barnett, the first. And together we talk about war humor. <laughs> <laughs> All right, great swords. And I think they're great. <laughs> swords Yes No I mean they're terrific Because they've got Decent armor save The strength is pretty good And they're stubborn They're just a big pain In the back There's, They've got great they're weapons big... So they're always hitting last But they are That makes Their strength five They got full plate So they're Got a four up armor save So that's a, the best One of the best armor saves You're going to get On an infantry unit in, the, in this game I mean not in this game In this army uh, You know A unit starts at 110 points Because you need 10 guys mm-hmm. Um I, I do. I, one of the things I do like, um, I don't. I mean, I know it's a small thing, but for most armies now, it's the the command is ten points each, thirty points for full command on. Right. I mean, as opposed to remember, it was just like this. This unit, it's four, four, and eight, and this unit over here, it was eight, eight, and twelve, or whatever. It was always some. I still have a lot of that. Yeah, then the, again, I have the, a lot of our old army books, yeah. but even my new Tamarcon, it's not quite perfect. But. Right, but I mean, a lot of this is just 10, 10, 10, so it's, it's nice, easy numbers, but you're looking at 140 for full command, but they, they can have a magic standard, which is a big reason to take them, because most, I don't think any of these other guys can take a magic standard. I think I don't think any of their core, with the exception of uh, knightly inner circle knights, can take a magic banner. Yeah, I guess that's one of the downsides of playing the Empire is that you're not expecting your rank and file to have a lot of spectacular magic. And they're not. They're, they're Be- just muddy, yeah. muddy guys. Exactly. Um, it's 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 a weakness for certain, but hey, what are you going to do? That's what they are. Yeah, it means that when you're looking across at an Empire army, you often know, okay, what I see is exactly what I get. Yeah. Uh, your great swords are the one, and they're, they're going to become a target simply because people are going to know if there's going to be a banner... It's, it's going to be, be in there. those guys, yeah. Mm-hmm. You can take detachments for these guys, and it does... Uh, it comes towards your core again. I mean, it's coming towards your special choices right. because they're special, so even if you take from the core... But the nice thing about that is if you decide to charge the great swords, then maybe those 
archers are going to start shooting at you. You never know what, what it means, but... Uh, right. Just some unusual little tweaks, little options. Exactly. The fact that they're stubborn, that's that's the thing. You you get that, and you maybe get a general nearby with a leadership of nine, and these guys aren't going to go anywhere. And they're stubborn on an eight, which means that it's pretty much just your general that's going to, you know, I mean, if they're not near the general, it's okay. Right. But, I mean, even the BSB, these guys are likely to stand firm. Yep. Exactly. So. And they do a lot of damage, so they're not going to go down quickly. Right. Yeah. I mean, they're. It's, if you're if you're taking an infantry, a, a mostly infantry army, you're you're gonna have these guys. You're gonna need these guys. They're worth it. Yeah, uh, I, I agree completely. Well, flagellants. Uh, yeah, flagellants. Okay, they're twelve points a pop. Their rules have really changed. Uh, how they work as far as uh, it used to be only it only took I think three of them to die to get your full array of. Uh, of special abilities for the martyrs. It's actually pretty hard to get all three abilities now. If yes, you read it, it carefully, it, it, it's sort of deceptive sounding, but it's you're causing D6 strength three hits, but you guys may not die from that because they're all toughness three. Right. So you roll the D6. Well, we, I guess we should get into it. Yeah, they're, okay, yeah. Uh, so well, their, their stats are exactly the same as any other human. They're carrying flails, but they have frenzy and they're unbreakable. Unbreakable is key here. Yeah, you throw them in and they're not going anywhere. Yep. They're kind of like the human form of slayers. Yeah, exactly. Uh, if a unit of flagellants is in base contact with an enemy at the start of any close combat phase, and here's the other thing, you used to be able to choose if you wanted to have martyrs. Right. Now it's just now it's going to you're happen. you're going to have martyrs. D6 string three hits. Casualties are martyrs. They don't count towards combat res. If at least one model is removed as a martyr, the remaining models of the unit gain special rules. So even if, if just one guy dies... They get to reroll all their failed to hit wounds. Yep, total. So it's better than hatred. Yeah, it is better than hatred because it's going to happen every turn of combat. But in theory, it may not happen. It I mean, may you not roll happen. a one, and then you could roll a one, two, three to wound the guy. Yeah. See, before you got to choose how you know you got to choose a lot. There's a little. There was a lot more choice. Now it's a little more random. But I kind of like it. It's like who's going to snap and go crazy now and throw themselves on it and work the group up. It's not just. Uh, the the tactical, I'm going to strategically kill this guy. No, these are a bunch of psychos. Right, you don't know exactly. You can't control them. Yeah. You just point them in the you direction. You can't control me. Um, two or three of them suddenly are rerolling to hit and a wound. And if you hit four or more, which means, like I said, you got a 50-50 chance of getting four or more hits, but then you only got a 50-50 chance of those wounding, then it's plus one toughness. So then there's... Then they're ghouls. <laughs> they're basically got ghoul stats. Yep. Almost at toughness, because uh, the frenzy gives them the two attacks. It's a little hard to get these guys to lose frenzy because almost all the time they're going to be re-rolling everything to hit. Uh huh. And with frenzy to start with, that's you know, and they're going to be in horde. Well, yeah. So be, that's that's twenty attacks instead of ten. Well, they may be in horde at twelve points a pop. I mean, they're if you're going to go with these guys, I recommend you go big. If you're going to go with Horde, if you're going to want to have at least... See, I, I know Horde is 30, but then as soon as you start losing stuff, the Horde bonus is gone. So I, whenever I talk Horde, I always think 40. 40. And that's 480 points. I mean, that's a huge chunk of your army. And this, I think, is the threat of the Empire in one unit right here. The cavalry is to soften them up and make them get closer to you, and then you throw this into them. And you either have the lore of life, for example, to bring them back so they continuously fight, or lore of shadow... 
to lower the toughness of your opponent or actually get the mind razor off. Or you can... That damn lore of life. <laughs> or metal to give him plus one to hit. Or fire to give him plus one to wound. Yeah. Or whatever you happen to take, it's likely going to do something positive. Or beast to give them plus one strength and plus one toughness. I didn't think about all that. Never do is my problem. Oh, you could have one profit of doom. For ten points, you get an extra attack. So... Probably worth it, I suppose. Well, I mean, it costs less than an extra model. Right. You so know, so... Might as well do it. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's one... Well, one model is two attacks. That's the cost of one additional attack, but... Right. Well, that's true. One, Yeah, one additional attack. Eh, maybe it's not maybe, worth it then. Know. Because for the for the 12 points, you get that extra... Well, two attacks in the front rank. Well, it buys you a turn of having, like, your the Chaos Lord not chop into seven of them. That's true. I guess. Oh, boy. Not that it matters. They're unbreakable. <laughs> yes, they are. But, I mean, that's the key of it here is depending on the lore that you take, this guy should, this unit should go right in the center and just make mincemeat out of whatever they touch. With the strength three is bad after the first round of combat because they're wielding flails. So you'll have to come up with a contingency plan, either to lock them into place. I guess so you either take a small number to lock an important enemy into place, or you take a big number and take lore of shadow or whatever. Right. And then just grind into something. And wait for the mind razor to kick in. There you go. All right. Uh, I like I said. I always liked flagellants. I still like them. They're a little more expensive, but mm-hmm. I still like them. And uh, yeah, I mean, getting all those attacks is still the hitting and the wounding is still pretty good. Kaka crazy. Uh, okay, let's talk about those huntsmen really quick. The scouts and skirmishers. Uh, we did mention them before. They're eight points a model. Uh, they have a hand weapon and a bow. And basically, they're they're archers, except you can use them as scouts. That's how many points are they, and how many eight you, points? Eight points, and you can take ten at ten a time? minimum. Yeah. Okay, so eighty points. It's a little expensive as a throwaway unit, but the fact yeah. that you've got a scout out there is nice. It, it's an option. You can fire full command. Yeah. And there's actually a special character. I know we're not going into the special characters, but there is a special character who is a huntsman, and he, if you take him with. You can you can upgrade one of these units and make them a little bit better. I think it gives them... I forget what it gives them. But it gives them something good. Let me look it up just because I, I actually liked this guy. Marcus Wolfhart, Hunts Marshal of the Empire. If your army includes him, one of you to huntsmen, huntsmen may be upgraded to his hunters. They gain Monster Hunter and Immune to Psych. Uh, Monster Hunter, He's he's got this rule called Monster Hunter... Reroll all failed to hit wounds when shooting at monsters. If you're shooting at a ridden monster or a target with a monster and handler, oh, this is what I love. Uh, you know, uh, with the whenever we're fighting against salamanders, we're annoyed because it always just winds up hitting the skinks. Monster and handlers right now in eighth edition plays like a ward save. Yeah, he ignores that. You shoot the monster, you don't split it up. If he shoots at a monster, he hits the monster. And if you put him with a unit... I'm saying if you take... I can't tell you the number of times I needed that against a a hell cannon. Oh, yeah. But I'm saying you take this fool, this special character, Marcus Wolfhart... This fool. You take this fool right here, this fool be Freddy. No, you take him and you put him with those hunters. If you know you're playing against some guy who's got a lot of monsters, Mm -hmm. and suddenly you're shooting at them... Uh, especially against lizard men, he would be invaluable because everyone takes them damn salamanders, and they're brutal. They, they just—they're just—they are. They're just brutal. And suddenly, these guys are all rerolling their failed to hit uh, shots against him, so you're, you get a much better chance to shoot him. And uh, 
Yeah, I just I like it a lot. Oh, and, and his, his uh, yeah, he's got this special bow that always wounds on a four up, unless it, with multiple wounds D three. So I'm shooting at your monster. He's pretty cool. He's a new character. I've not seen him before. No, he's I'm, new. But I I like I. If I was going to take some huntsmen, some scouts, I would be very tempted to take him with it. Sure. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, buddy. Uh, so I like the fact that they have scouts, skirmishing scouts. It's just another, you know, it's another key on their skeleton key of we have an answer to everything. Is there anything, I mean, you, you look through this, they've got unbreakable guys, they've got stubborn guys, they've got scouts, they've got skirmishing scouts, they've got, or they got skirmishing scouts, they've got skirmish, they've, I don't think there's anything they don't have. Hmm. I don't think they have any morning stars. Okay. They're missing that. Okay, well, oh, yes, you've got me. Do they have dragons? Yeah, they've won. They've okay. won dragon. Oh, the, the imperial dragon. That's right. The it's and it's it's three hundred points, and it can only go with Carl Franz. I believe it's a T H E E. The imperial the, dragon. The mighty Caesars. <laughs> um, but once again, as and I know we're not doing special characters, but if we were going with our twenty four hundred point special characters, the imperial dragon just priced out the character. So you can't take him yeah, in our... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but, uh, yeah, they don't... They generally don't have dragons. Generally, no. That's about it. And they don't have ninjas or pirates. Thank you, Harrison. Well, I suppose the free company, you could paint them like pirates. Yes, you could. Yeah, yeah there you go. All right, uh, they got four types of cav in the special section. I'm liking the Reichsguard Knights because now these are knights with stubborn. Yeah. Um, and strength four, so you can give them strength six on the charge with either lance or great weapons. Can they take great weapons, too? No. They have a hand weapon and a lance. They do not have the option to go to great weapons. Okay. Um, they can uh, take a magic standard. That's true. So if you don't want to go for the knightly orders, you can take... Well, you can do both. You can take knightly orders and you can take these. I think they have the exact same stats as Knightly Order. In fact, they do. They have the exact same stats. But they have Strength 4. Knightly Orders. The Inner Circle. Well, uh, they, you, they have the same stats as the Inner Circle. Yeah, that's what I meant. If you give that, you give Knightly Orders to make... Oh, duh, duh, duh. Okay, duh. I'm, I'm confusing my terms. I apologize. You're right. They have the exact same stats as Inner Circle Knights. They are more expensive than Inner Circle Knights by two points, but they get stubborn. But they do get stubborn. Which is huge. No, it's great. Uh, you don't want these guys running away. Now, chances are if they do, they're going to get away because they're fast, but even so. Depends on who they're fighting, too, though, you know. They're going to have a one-up armor save. They're going to have, uh, hopefully, if you're going to get the charge off, if you play it right, they're going to have strength six on the charge. It's uh, it's a good unit. 27 points. I mean, I, I don't consider that to be overly expensive for what they are. No, I don't think so. Uh, I get... Again, it's it's just another it's another tool in your arsenal. So, yeah. Uh, now the pistoliers and outriders are very similar to what they were. I love them. I think that especially which ones have the repeating handguns? Are those the outriders? Uh, are those the, no, those are the pistoliers. The pistoliers. They're outrageously good. Um, that's one of the, my first. That is one of my first targets when I've played against Empire and I've seen them on the oh, table. Oh no, no, repeating handgun is the outriders. I'm sorry, repeater handguns is the outriders. Not the handguns. It's the ha- the 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 pistols. The repeating pistols because those can move and fire. The handguns, I think, cannot. Uh, rep- okay. 
Well, pistoliers have a brace of pistols. Right. Those can move and fire. If I remember correctly, the repeating handguns cannot move and fire. Let me double check this because it dictates which one I'm afraid of. Yeah, which one was it that you liked? Because let's make sure we know what to... Yeah, the repeating handgun is move or fire, which means that when it's my turn, I know whether or not I've stopped in their range. Oh, so those outriders can't fire that thing if they've moved? Correct. So they're like, they've got a really good gun, but you have to you have to take a turn to set up. So you've stopped, next turn you can shoot. Why would I take them? Because they have a range of 24, because they have multiple shots, 3. Because they're strength 4. So five guys is 15 shots. Okay, um, let me think. They're uh, ballistic skill four, mm-hmm. so they're hitting on threes. Long range is fours. Multiple shots, three goes up to fives. Mm-hmm. So no matter how many multiple shots I have, it's just a plus one total. Correct. Okay, so if it's multiple shots, two, three, four, or six, it's it could still be multiple plus one. shots, 20, and it's still minus one to hit. Okay. Uh, okay, yeah, so... They're, okay, those guys, let's talk about those guys since you like them so much. Um, the, the, the Pistoliers? Which ones do you like better? The Pistoliers. Okay. All right, let's do that then. Pistoliers, 18 points a pop. Fast Cav, Brace of Pistols, Light Armor. When you consider that Fast Cav means that they can march and shoot, the fact that their guns only have a range of 12 doesn't matter anymore. They're still hitting at strength 4. Each of those guns has multiple shots, uh, 4 for a Brace of Pistols. Right. That's a lot of shots from a horse. Oh, that's right. That's right. And they're all strength four. So these are. this is cavalry that can, at range, stay out of the charge arc and actually put the scare into another cavalry unit, even heavy cav, because it's armor-piercing. Okay. So, And they can do a pretty good uh, amount of damage to an infantry unit. And because they're fast cav, they're always going to skirt out of the charge arc. Right, okay. So I actually think that they're a threat. They're fragile, so you've got to you've got to deploy them carefully, but I think that they can hit very hard. They're actually a cavalry unit that I rely on a little bit more. What is their ballistics? Is it three or four? Three. So it's not that great, but you're still going to get some shots off. It's also nice against, um, I don't know, you can skirt them up and like shoot them against war machines. Yeah, but you're still you're hitting on sixes. Well, you're wounding on sixes, yeah. No, you're hitting on sixes. Ballistic skill three, you're hitting on fours. Mm-hmm. You are moving and shooting, even though you're allowed to. Doesn't that still give you a minus one? That's five, yeah. And if you're more than six inches away, yeah, you're hitting on sixes. sixes. So it, it's cool, but you're you you know, it's hard. It's hard to hit. You know. With yeah, them. I agree. I agree. Uh, that's that's the that's the disadvantage for eighteen points. It's like they're 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 uh, five up armor save. And you got to get right. I mean, you got to get basically behind the guy so that he are out of his uh, charge range to get those shots off at anything other than a six. And even then, shoot, hitting at a five. Granted, it's twice as many hits, but it's still it's still a hard sell. I think for eighteen points. Yeah, they're very expensive, so I wouldn't want to use them as as disposable. No, but you could take a unit of five. I mean, yeah, fly them up on try to get them. You know that they're fast cav too, so they're going to get their vanguard. Maybe you can get them up against the war machines. You're not, you're not going to charge with them. 
Well, yeah, no, you probably won't charge. Move them up, fly them up on the side, and start shooting the crap. Hopefully, you can get in there and shoot the crap. Well, if you're afraid that the war machine's going to turn around and shell you, then yeah, I would probably. If it's going to grape shot me next turn, I'd I'd rather charge. True, Uh, but But if it's a if it's a catapult, no, just stand back and shoot it the whole time. uh, And it's not a bad thing to go after little bits of chaff to slow down and take out chaff. Uh, Oh, these things will eat up dogs. Yeah, or the saber tusks. They're even a pretty good threat against uh, like vargeists. Yeah, because. The toughness is only four, strength is four, and you're spitting out a lot of attacks. Yeah. And those things don't heal fast, so. That's true. That's true. I, I mean, it's, it's, it's got its, it's got its, uh, it's got its qualities. Mm-hmm. The Outriders, on the other hand, I think that the fact that they're a cavalry unit that can't move and fire kind of takes it, what's, you know, what's the point? It'll take me a turn to set up. I've got, it's like, it's a nice mobile artillery piece, but in a game with only six turns, you better have a plan in place. Like, set them up in the flank, lock them down, and then start shooting, I guess. But Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, they've, they've got a, what is it, a 24-inch range on that gun? Yeah. So, I mean, you could you could just run down the flank and then just turn to your side, and the next turn you start shooting at everything that comes into your path. But how often do you know an army that doesn't take something quick that can respond? I mean, I suppose if you're set up right on the line with a 24-inch range, if they had anything that was scouting... Or, or vanguarding, you might be able to just sit there and on turn one just shoot at them with the, with the multiple shots. Yeah. Just um, one has less tactical flexibility than the other. Yeah. I like them both for different reasons, but I, I struggle with the Outriders simply because you can be caught in a situation where you can't really use them. You're always going to be at like a half a step behind. Right, because you got to move and then you got to sit and wait until the next turn to do it. And by that time, your opponent has had a chance to... Get the hell out of the way. Once you've started that game, your opponent is playing against you. Yeah. Yeah. And then so, they become a waste. And then you have to charge them into something and waste them. Yeah. And like I said, we like the Reichsguard. All right. So let's talk about that other cavalry unit. Yeah. The the Demigriff. Demigriff Knights. Pretty cool. They're 58 points apiece. Mm-hmm. Well, as they should be for Monstrous Cav. Yeah. It's... it's, it's it seems like a lot. I mean, I don't know if that's more than some of the other monsters Cav. Um, it's about in line. Yeah. Actually, in fact, in some ways, it's a little bit less. I believe the Necro Knights are 65, I want to say. Okay. So, I mean, it's less, and it should be less in a way, because they only have a toughness of three. Yeah. And the Demigriff's got a toughness of four, but since you're riding it, the only thing that a monstrous Cav uses is its extra wound profile. Correct. So you're still toughness three. Toughness three. Which, and I understand that the stats on the demigriff are higher because the demigriff itself being a, uh, you're not going to say that the demigriff itself is toughness three, but just the fact that it's toughness four means absolutely nothing. Yeah, yeah, isn't that strange? I mean, yes, it's 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 a big tough beast, and yes, it can take a hit more than a human can. So what? I'm a little confused by it. To be honest with you, I'd expected the whole thing to be Toughness 4. And the reason for that is when you look at another example, like the Bretonian Pegasus Knight, it has two wounds and it's Toughness 4. This has three wounds and it's Toughness 3. So the Knights themselves on the on the Pegasi are, are Toughness 4? Yeah, because it's not considered... Back then it was considered... Um, uh, you know what? I'd have to double-check that. Because before it only had one stat. They've never broken down... They've never separated the stats. Oh, okay. Because it's an old book, so it only had one stat line. Uh, Back then, it was just called cavalry. 
flying cavalry. Okay. Now when they redo it, they'll have to do this broken stat the way they do in 8th edition with monstrous cav. But back then with only one stat, the only toughness listed is four. I see. So Now it does get three attacks at strength five with armor piercing. So it's a minus three to your armor save. Which the demigriff itself, three attacks at minus three to your armor save is pretty brutal. Plus it's going to get its stomp. And it causes fear as well. Yep. So it stomp is not bad. Yeah. No, it's at strength five, a stomp is not bad at all. Um, and it's a base strength four even with the knight, so. Yep. Uh, full plate armor, barding, and shield. You can take away. Now, this one you can replace your lance with a halberd, which gives you the one-up armor save. Um, at all times except in combat. Because on this one, if you replaced before, you had replaced uh, your lances and shields with great weapons. Now you're replacing your lance with a halberd, so you'll still have your shield while until you get into combat. So you're a one-up armor save until you get into combat. If you switch to the halberds, and then, then you're, you're a two-up. But then you're also hitting at strength five all the time. Strength five all the time, as opposed to strength six on the charge and four all the time. Strength five all the time. Well, yeah, but then again, your griffin. Or demigriff also has a strength of a five. five, and it has it has three attacks. Yep. Uh, I think I'd rather have the armor. Yeah, I, I think I would. I don't too. know. I mean, I guess I'd have to see it in play. But my my initial thought is, I'm not really giving that much up. It's only the one attack from the guy. It's one attack um, on the charge. Once again, it's strength six on the charge. It's four forever after that. I guess how many rounds of combat are you going to be in? I don't know. You've already got stomps too on top of it, so and you cause fear. So eventually they might. Uh, I, I don't. I don't know. I, I have no idea. I don't know what. I don't know which one's better in this case. It's a one difference. It's. It's not like I mean. You go with the great weapon, then you're hitting on sixes. It's the same strength as the lance every turn. Once again, I think I'd go. I might give up that one point of armor, in or especially because it's got three wounds. So you got to take three wounds to lose the one model mm-hmm. to get rid of the attacks. It just... I, I, I still think these guys... Yes, they're cool, and yes... I, I like the idea of a, an Imperial Cavalry Army, mm-hmm. and I think the, that these create an interesting new place, but I don't think it's the broad sweeping change. It's just a cool model. Yeah, I mean, everyone's... Not everyone, but most everyone seems to be getting some sort of a monstrous infantry, or a new monstrous infantry, or a new monster. This is the new model. Everyone's it is, buying it. It's it is cool. The trend. It looks good. Yeah. I mean, I know on Twitter you've already. I think Andy. I think Andy owns Andy Sherman owns like eighteen of these. I think now or something like that. I mean, he bought like at, at least a dozen. Way, in the same way that other people probably really enjoyed the Cryptors or the Vargeists. Well, heck, if you add up Cryptors and Vargeists, I have eighteen of those. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I am not going to be able to afford eighteen Kadai Fireborn. No, I'm going to shoot for three. <laughs> <laughs> I would buy more, but. Uh, I, I mean, I'll start with three. I, I'm I'm curious to see how well these do. That's it, Dave. I think that's it right there. They're cool, but really, when you're building a competitive build, not a garage build, but when you're going to a tournament and you expect to perform, what will these guys do for you? And I really don't know what the answer is yet because I think some of the other units will work almost as well. This is nice because it gives you consistent strength. Mm-hmm. That's important. You yeah. do need consistent strength and resilience. But again, their toughness is only three, so you've got a lot of points built into a low toughness target. 
The armor save is nice, but it doesn't always protect you. As anyone can tell you, armor save only lasts so long. Well, I guess here's the difference. Um, I can get two Reichsguard Knights for just a little less than the point of one Demigriff Knight. Mm -hmm. But those two Reichsguard Knights who have pretty much the same stats, yes, the trooper is getting the same stats, but then I'm getting two attacks from a Strength 3, Toughness 3, Weapon Skill 3, Horse. Right. Whereas I'm getting three attacks from Weapon Skill 4, Strength 5, Toughness 4, Demigriff, which is armor piercing, so it's, you know, minus three to the armor save. Plus and the stomp. The thing, and, and the stomp, and it causes fear. Mm-hmm. You know, I, there's going to be some payoff from getting the Demigriff Knight. And, right. Uh, and they're just as fast. I think they have barding, so they would slow down a little do. bit. So they're going to be seven instead of eight. But I, I get, I mean, are they, I guess they're really worth it. Um, maybe. I mean, that's the thing. If, like, if you take two wounds off of a unit of knights, uh-huh. Well, when I'm playing Bretonian, and I take two two of my knights off, it's only two models, but I'm wincing. Two models hurts because that's going to probably affect the number of attacks I have back. If oh, you happen to take those same two wounds against demigriffs, you take no models off. Right. I mean, that's that's a contrived situation, probably but that's gonna, how it is sometimes. I'm probably going to start. I'm not going to go necessarily in ranks because my monstrous cav does not get attacks from the second ranks, I don't believe. Yeah, monstrous cavalry, the monsters do not get additional attacks, but the riders do. Well, but for 58 points a model, do I really going to pay for a second rank to get one attack from the rider? I'm going to take these guys in a single rank. And let's put it this way. If I bought three or even four, let's say I bought four, for the same cost I get eight knights. Overall, point for point, punch for punch, I think the Demigriff knights are going to do a hell of a lot more. Yeah. With well, therefore, than the, than the eight knights. If you are buying a second rank, I guess that's why you would buy the Halberds. Yeah, but yeah. I don't know. I mean, I just I can't see putting a second rank on these guys. I mean, you're paying all those extra points for the demigriff. It just depends. Yeah. Um. And th- the other thing to bear in mind is, yes, these monstrous inf- these monstrous cav units don't look quite as good as the Mornfang or the the Necropolis Knights. But even the Necropolis Knights don't get to come back the way these guys potentially can. These guys have access to the greatest single plethora of lores of any army out there. That's true. The Necropolis Knights have limitations on how fast they can come back because they're considered uh, um, animated constructs. My, one uh, wound per magic face. Yeah. You yep. know? My Vargeists, I can take back one wound per casting, too. I right. mean, and that's, that's the closest I've got to this. I don't have a monstrous cab. Yeah, I've they're got, limited. Yeah. They're, these guys are not limited. You no, can cast not. lore of life on them and go, I just brought back a whole bunch. Now what are you going to do? Sucker. <laughs> Sucker. Get me a sandwich and hurry up about it. Get these fools. This fool be Freddy. Um, <laughs> We've gone stupid. <laughs> we are stupid. Um, In any case, I, I don't know. I mean, I think the potential of these Demigriff Knights are partially from their stats and partially from the fact that they are attached to one of the most diverse armies in the game with some of the most access to different magical lores. You can tweak them out any number of ways, and they're going to benefit from all of it. Yeah, I'm just, I'm wondering if you give them the full command, the three, the you know, the standard bearer, the musician, and the champion. Yeah. You're looking at uh, about, well, it's, let's see, it should be not 180, so you're looking at two, 214 points. That's a big chunk of your, that's a big chunk of change for three models. Yes, it is. 
for you know, only three models, I don't think I'd go with three. I think I'd go with at least four. At least four. So if I go with four, then that's 210 with your command. The channel- then you're looking at, no, no, 200, what, 204, I think I just said. So you're looking at about 260. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that is a big chunk of your army for these three, but they are they are the thing that's going to, you could take a couple of units of them. And you know what I'd probably do, Dave, is if I was going to go with these guys, whatever my front rank is, I'd buy one more to put in the back rank. That way I could lose up to five wounds and still only lose one attack. That's true, but why would you just make your front rank a little wider? Because at that point I'm probably going to be, because it's a bigger footprint. Okay. Uh, it's a little harder to maneuver. The guy in the back, I mean, you know you know, he's there just to protect you. Okay. A um, little more maneuverable, fit into tighter spaces, especially considering on an Empire army you're probably going to be dealing with a lot of footprints on the table. Uh, well, I mean, not if you've got a huge unit of Fajalans and a couple units of Demigrips. You're sucking up half your army points there. <laughs> there is that. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I just, I'd like to see how well they do. I mean, they're good, but... So your your thought is you maybe they're cooler than they are useful. It's possible. That's yeah, all I, I'm saying. I'm not saying you're wrong. I, I wonder if that's true. I I think I like the model more than some people do. I actually like them. I've heard some arguments that maybe this doesn't belong in an Empire army, but at the same time, they have other fantastic creatures. You know what it is? It's They kind of came out of nowhere recently. I mean, they showed up in Tamarcon. Yeah, it's, it's another case of I just used the 1984 reference. We've always been at war with Eurasia. We're just supposed to assume they've always been here. Well, and they, and they according to the book, they were, but they literally, it comes off of a... Well, in the, in the book, but in real life, right. we, the people of the United States and the, uh, and the other countries of this world, well, I guess England first, they made them up. Um, they're it's new. Just, They're new to us. They came out this year, as far as we're concerned. Exactly. But I mean, even, when, even when you're reading the fluff, they get two sentences in the fluff, and even there, they go find these beasts and bring them. It's like okay, they get two sentences in the fluff, and even in their what do you call it, in the the story for the demigriff and the page yeah, that and describes the, the, the page, model. The page for the de- yeah on the demigriff knights page. It's you know it's it's kind of a weak it's it's kind of a weak story. You know they brought in. I mean they brought in new. St- I mean. Come on, the the ogres got this the the cannon, and they added the whole story about the sky titans, which was kind of a cool bit of story there. That these, you know, uh, you get the the crypt horrors and the vargeist. You get these, or the yeah, the vargeist. You get these these cool new models. And okay, why are these ghouls really huge? Well, some vampires gave them vampire blood, and now they've gone all steroid crazy. Mm-hmm. There's at least something behind it that's a little bit. This is just like, yeah, there's really crazy beasts back here. Oh yeah, there's, we also got these things. And there's some knights who are willing to risk getting their you know faces chewed off to ride them. Okay, the end. <laughs> I, I don't know. They're, yeah, yeah. Like I said. Uh, I do. I like the models, by the way. I like them, and I'd like to see them work. But to be honest with you, I'm not sure. I, I've yet to. I've yet to decide. I think that they can work. I think they'll work well in certain armies. Uh huh. I mean, and yes, this is on on a. I think in very many ways, much like the VC, with a bunch of core that is meh. You know, it's the very average stats. You know, everyone's complaining. Well, I'm only strength three, toughness three, weapon skill three. I'm just so average, so average. This is something that's going to come in there and, and hit you in the face and give you more than a bloody nose. This is going to break your jaw. Okay? But, but you have to pay for it. But you have to pay for it. So maybe you want that. Um, my other question, though, becomes if I'm paying four of these, so I'm paying uh, like almost 260, 250, 260 points, 
I could go back to some of my core or even, well, my great swords not as much, but some of these cheaper models and have a huge, huge horde of stuff that is going to slow people down, grind them down. And if you're using that lore of light, like you said, or lore of life to give those guys the extra toughness and the extra everything, you know, would at 250 points, would 50 spearmen be better than four demigriff knights with a full command? Well, maybe. I mean, if you take lore of light, you're going to double the number of attacks in the models. And in that case, having models on the table is better than having a few demigriffs. And that's and that's my and that's my only question is, yeah, they're really cool and they pack a really heavy punch. But at what else? It's like you always say: if I'm taking this, what am I giving up? And for that amount of points, my, is there something that would work? Better my, that's less flashy. I hear you. My thought on the demigriffs is I think that they can work as well as anything else, but you have to right, build the right army. I don't think you need to build the army around the demigriffs, but I think that there are certain armies that work well with demigriffs, mm-hmm. and there are some that do not. Uh, and yeah. Nice thing about Empire is I believe there's more than one build. This is a, this is the the very model of diversity. Mm-hmm. They should have more than one build, and I think they do. Sure. Uh, some of that comes down to because they could take more than one lore that works very well for them. Just choose the right lore, choose the and, right units. And and get, yeah, and you're back to playstyle. And once again, if you want to take an all-cav army, you know, this adds a little something different. Yep. So Then you might want to choose beasts, too, because then it's easy to cast your spells. Oh, yeah, no kidding, huh? All right, so we're left with two last special choices, the cannon and the mortar. I know the, these guys have taken one of the biggest changes. This is where people lost their mind. Uh, I think the Great Cannon is still pretty much oh, the it's, same. It's more or less the same. The it's going to do the same, same thing, yeah. It's the mortar that's Well, let's be frank about it. The cannon is one of the reasons the Empire has the might and the strength that it has. Yeah. We got a strength 10 thing. It can hit anywhere. Boom. I kill you. Uh, Done. Gotta love the cannon. Yeah. I mean, I it's mean, a, it's an equalizer. Yeah. It's, you know. And, it, yeah, it's it's the thing that the dwarves gave them that made them able to stand up against anything. Good job, dwarves. You could give it to the humans, but you're not going to give it to your, like, stunted brothers. Thanks. <laughs> you had it. You gave it up for worship of uh, Chaos God. Yeah, I guess I'll take my Kadai Destroyer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you know, you you got you made a trade. You made the trade. Yeah, I'm, I'm content. Um, the Mortar, though. Mortar is very different. Yeah. Mortar's going up a lot, and now here's the thing. It was the pie plate, and I honestly just thought they were going to make it the little plate. Instead, they made it strength two. Um, With the six in the center. It's still a six in the center. Um, but it's strength two, which I guess kind of makes sense because if you're throwing the mortar, it's that thing where right at the blast radius is where it does the huge damage. Right. And, and then, then it's, it's just shrapnel. It's a whole bunch of dirt flying at you. Yeah. Yeah. Dirt and bits and of rock. Bits of your friend. Uh, it, it, it makes sense for what a mortar is. Um, I'm glad. I'm glad because it was a little too much. Uh, that really strong pie plate at that, and I think had they had they just made it smaller, I still think people would still be taking it if it was still full strength. Uh, they would complain that it was a smaller, it was hitting less people, but it was still doing the damage. It's going to do a little less damage now. And that's good. it's good. I'm glad it's doing less damage. You still have access to lore of shadow, lore of death. You can lower people's toughness. Yep. Uh, once again, you got to make the the combinations work for it. Yeah. It's 
I mean, it is what it is. I and think. I think if anything has taken a blow and is likely to see less play, it's the mortar. Yeah, you're going to see more hell blaster. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Once again, you're one plus. A lot of times, two plus. I mean, I, how often do I see a pair of mortars in a game? It uh, was in every game. You're not because it was too good. It was. It was too good. Yeah. At it seventy-five was too cheap points. And too good. Yeah. I mean, what else gets the pie plate? I mean, very few weapons get pie plates. Yeah. I mean, I was. I. I would have bet the farm. That it would lose the pie plate because nothing gets a pie plate except like the boosted monster spells anymore. Right. Uh, certain vortexes get a pie plate, and I'm as a chaos dwarf allowed to take a pie plate if things work out just exactly so. Exactly, but it's just rare. But so no, you you can keep your pie plate. It's just and I'll raise you a slice of cake. But going, but the blast going out to that far of a range, it's just not going to kill as much. It's still not a bad thing to have uh, against Toughness 3. You know, yeah, it's... Against Elves, it's still pretty horrible. Yeah, it's because still Because, you know, the, 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 the delicious combination of fragile and expensive means that yeah. Elves are going to be afraid of this. Yes. You know, Swordmasters don't want to be hit with a Strength 2 template. I, I don't think you'll see a pair of them in any army ever again. I hate to talk in absolutes. You, you may see one. I doubt you're going to see two. There you go. Army. I think I agree with you. I think that you're going to see people not take them. Competitive lists, you may see them disappear for a while. You may see them disappear, yeah, completely yeah. off of a comp- So did they hit it too hard? Maybe. But it was too much before. They're tr- in, an, in an effort to balance it out, this is what they've done. Yeah. But they've no longer made it too good. And it wasn't a rare before. It was still a special before, was it I not? I believe it was special, yeah. yeah. Because the flagellants, I know, went from rare to special. Um, I think that's all. Well, our- the downside of that is that now you've got a, in the special choices you've got a choice between a mortar and a cannon. Duh, <laughs> cannon. Well, and once again, cannon. You know, <sighs> there are unit deleting spells, so there are other ways of dealing with units. But there are, sp- but if you're going to do it mechanically, your mortar is a poor choice. Well, yeah. it's not a poor choice, but it's it's a very secondary choice. Uh, I can see the, but. I mean, I just keep thinking that that pie plate, I mean, it's just going to hit so many things. Whereas, especially if you have something that's not got a, a, a bunch, I mean... Strength, well, pie plate can hit 30 or more if it's a horde. Right. Uh, especially, or even if you're hitting detachments, like you might hit a unit and part of its detachment. All those little naked guys or strength six guys, yes, it's going to take fives to wound. They're you're still going to strip off seven, eight, nine guys. Exactly. So and uh, whereas not a cannon bad. is just going to take out that one guy per rank. If you only have one or two ranks, you know where the where the mortar starts to pale in comparison is considering that there are about half of the armies usually see some toughness four. Yeah, when you have a lot of toughness four, this weapon will do very little for you. It right. becomes a wasted weapon unless you've got the combo to to lower their toughness. Yeah, that's where I think you're going to start to see. Like if you again, shadow and I think death are are two very good choices with this. Otherwise. You'll just not see as much of it. Oh, you found it. Yeah, sitting right next to me. It was just under the un- everything I didn't look Dave at. Dave was looking for the old Empire book uh, to compare with the new. Yeah, because I'm a doofus. It was sit- literally sitting right next to me. I was just ignoring it like a Dumas. Well, I don't think you were ignoring it. It wasn't calling out to you. I was ignoring it. I just, I, I would not listen. Oh, Great Cannon did go up. Went up 20 points. Well, okay. Went from 100 to 120. And you know what? A cannon, it's worth... Who, yeah, who's going to complain? Okay, you're going you're gonna to not take the cannon this, anymore? This guy's got to be fool. an extra 20. I'm not taking it anymore. Furry fool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all 
right, so let's go to what's left. Let's go to the rare units before our next little break. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, the Hell Blaster. Well, it's improved. Yes, it has. So the concept is a little different before. Before you would roll the artillery dice three times in succession, and then you would decide whether or not you'd roll the misfire at that point. Now you roll all three at the same time, and you count the misfires. If it's zero, good. That's how many shots. Yep. And if you roll one, do you have the mechanic in front of you? Yeah, I'm looking it up right now. Well, I'll say that one. You tell the rest of it then. The one misfire means that you count up the rest of the shots and you round them, uh, cut them in half. Which is great because before on a misfire, it it was it was all sorts of a mess. In you fact, could potentially misfire on a single. It was, the, the design of the Hellblaster before was very likely to blow up. You're going to get one or two amazing shots, and then you'll probably spend the rest of the game either picking up the crater or just not being able to shoot anymore. In this new version, it's a lot more reliable than it used to be. You're rolling three dice. The chances are you'll get one of those to be a misfire, but... Oh, that's right, that's right, because, yeah, the old one, if you roll a misfire on the first one, then you roll on the misfire chart, and it could blow up. Correct. Yeah, that's right, that's right, I remember now, and it could just blow up. Now, let's see here. Here's so, the... So when you roll two misfires, you get it in front of you? Yeah, two misfires is um, roll a d6 and look at the black powder misfire. Right, so that's two, your standard misfire. Two misfires is a standard. All three is kind of awesome. If you roll it's all about three what you'd expect. All three basically counts as if you rolled three tens. You yeah. fire all 30 shots. 30 shots. And then it go boom. Mm-hmm. So it's going to blow up, but it blows up in a blaze of glory. Now, when you do shoot with this weapon, it's going to be strength five, armor piercing. You do have to actually hit, like meaning roll to hit, with these shots that you've generated. They're like little mini cannonballs. It's like a, ga- a cannonball Gatling gun. Right. But it's ballistics is three from the crew. But this is where your master engineer could really come in handy. Yes. Because it's, it's only got a 24-inch range. So um, for you to hit on anything really good, is going to have they're going to have to get in close. I could see people using this. I mean, basically, on the first turn, you use the Master Engineer and say, I'm going to go ahead and focus on the cannon, and it's going to go ahead and shoot at that big dragon or whatever it is over there. Right. On turn two, the big, gribbly giant. As soon as they move forward, yeah, turn two, I'm going to use my ballistic skill on this thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And just strip off a rank and a half. Ballistic skill four, hitting on threes, long range, you're hitting back on fours again. So figure that 18 shots, nine will hit. Six or seven will wound, and those guys are dead. Yeah. I mean, rolling three dice, there's a one in six chance of hitting that misfire. Rolling all three together, I mean, you, you got. You never know. You got a decent chance of rolling at least one misfire. So then suddenly the other two are rounded down. Yeah. But, and half. So it, it can potentially do. I mean, every turn rolling that, the odds are rolling. Three and uh, rolling no misfires and getting your maximum amount of shots that you can get, you know it, it, it gets slimmed. Um, but you know the two and the three are also pretty rare. So I don't know. I think it's uh, kind of a cool. I think it's kind of a cool thing. The the rocket battery though, I like this rocket battery. Something to keep in mind that if you're also using the master engineer, mm-hmm. they're cumulative. He can go give his uh, ballistic skill to the to the model. Uh huh. And re-roll one artillery dice. Really? Yeah. Oh, nice. So if I roll all three and that one comes up, I can re-roll that one. So that's why I'm saying that this, yeah, it's it's very reliable with this guy. Okay. So it's 
And if you get the two, you get that chance to re-roll and make it down to a one so it doesn't blow up. Mm-hmm. Um, if I got all three, I think I'd leave it. At that point, yeah, it's like it's going to pay for itself right now. Well, I mean, it depends on who you're shooting at, but I'm thinking if I roll all three and it's going to blow up and I'm going to get 30 shots, I could re-roll the one die. No, at that point, I think And I then just... I get no shots, and there's a chance to blow up, but there might be a chance I get to fire it next turn. Not nah, take the blaze of glory. <laughs> 30 shots. <laughs> Thank you. Good night. Yeah, exactly. Hello, Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Cleveland. Rock over London. Uh, so... But now the rocket battery, uh, it's different. But I think it's still pretty good. This rocket battery is kind of insane. Yeah, uh, it's a strength three armor piercing. It's strength three in the middle of the pie plate. But roll a d three, and that's how many rockets you fire. That's how many templates you get. The downside of this is that you can't predict how many you get. It's d three. You're going to get so at least one. You're going to get at least one, but it may not pay off from turn to turn. Right. That d three is going to bite you sometimes. You're going to hope for at least two. But you're gonna. But I mean, you always got one, didn't you? Isn't that how it used to work, or is this completely different now? Um, Hold on. Beforehand, in in seventh edition, the the rocket battery. I should say the translation seventh edition the, book. Did you never edition. see it battery? Because no, the battery was pretty good. You'd see that more than the hellstorm. Oh, okay. I mean, hellblaster. The hellstorm was pretty good because it would hit very hard. I think the strength went down. But you are throwing a lot of templates out there. Uh, turn the rocket battery to face it. Uh, guessing the range without measuring. It's twelve. It was a guess range, twelve to forty-eight inches. Roll the artillery dice. Uh, if the artillery dice shows a number, add the result to the amount you guessed and place the five-inch template. Oh, so it fired like a cannon before mm-hmm. with a five-inch template. Then you roll the scatter dice again and scattered it. Okay, a strength five. With the normal minus two armor save. So it hit very hard. It was a little more accurate. It fired, yeah, it fired like a cannon, so it doesn't hit nearly as hard as it did. No, but you're going to have more templates in theory. Right. I mean, you could get, I just, I think the idea, plus you, you pick this one point and then you're not adding all sorts of range. You pick this point, it only scatters D6. Roll an artillery die and a number of scatter dice equal to the number of rockets in the salvo. Also, it can scatter up to 10 inches. But, uh, dude, it can kind of go all over. You could you could hit well, a the, lot the, the of The artillery dice, they're all going to scatter at the distance, the same distance, right. or they're all going to hit, I guess. But, uh, oh, no, the artillery dice is 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, misfire. Right. So they're all going to scatter the same distance, but each of the die will have a different arrow or a hit. Right. So one of them's going to hit right on target. One of them's going to scatter this way two inches. One of them's going to scatter that way two inches. Yeah. But if you if you roll like an eight, though, these things are landed all over the all damn over place. the place. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of. I, uh, I love it. I mean, I know it's completely unreliable. It's. <laughs> a, I think that they've more or less reversed from seventh to eighth. Which one people are more likely to use? This one's fun, but it's a bit fussy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh, okay, you know, and it's not going to be hitting quite as hard. And but, once you guys get close to close combat, you get nervous about firing this once your armies get close to each other because it could scatter and you could land two templates land on your guys. You could. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I just, I love the, the whole concept. It's these, it's firing these, I mean, the, the picture to me has always looked like it's a setup for a fireworks display anyway. 
it just looks like a bunch of fireworks launched into this thing. But yeah, now it's, it's like giant scary firecrackers from hell. Yeah. Yeah. But now it's like, well, it might only launch one row, but it might launch all three rows, and they're all going to go in that general direction. But we don't know exactly you're, where. You're going to shell something. Yeah, it seems like the human artillery, with the exception of the cannon and the Hellblaster, are all de- designed to crush more humans or crush elves. But they're going to struggle against the beastmen, the ogres, the... Right. You know. Uh, Toughness four targets, you're going to wish you had stronger weapons. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, but I, I do I do like them. I do I do like them both for, for the various reasons. I mean, the one is really tough. Um, but the other one, just that idea of getting a bunch of different templates kind of going all over, uh, it can, it can, it's, it's a fluffy choice. It's a, it's a, it's a fun game sort of, if you're, if you, if you want to reduce the random in your army, you're not taking the rocket battery. No, but at the same time, you don't have easy choices for templates that can do high strength anymore. True. At least not uh, outside of magic. You know, the cannon is your choice of the Hellblaster, and everything else is actually relatively low strength. Right. So of the two, the rocket battery has a higher strength, but you really can't control how much or where it's going to go. And with the with the mortar, it's more of your standard stone thrower. So you yeah. have a little control over it, kind right. of. Kind of. <laughs> now, if you know you're going to be playing hordes, though, going up against hordes, dude, th- you know, hey, if you roll three templates and you're going up against... You know, goblin armies or skaven oh, armies. Oh, yeah. If you're going up against a, ca- a skaven, it kind of doesn't matter where it lands. You're going to catch something, and you might as well just shell it out. Exactly. It's, it's, it, I just, I love I love the concept. This, The idea behind this is such a neat thing now, just going with the multiple, instead of just using it like a cannon with yeah, Precision a not required. Shoot that way. <laughs> <laughs> Point it that way. All right, light them up, light them up. Pray to God, pray to God. There you go. Let's see if Sigmar likes us today. Yep. All right. Uh, down to our last couple of units. The steam tank. Has also changed significantly. It has and it hasn't, but it really has. It really has, and it has definitely taken a nerf. Um, now, I'm going to say this. I know that it went from toughness 10 down to toughness 6. It was originally toughness 6, and then it got errated when 8th Ed come out to make it toughness 10. Correct. Because it no longer mattered what the toughness was, so that right. it it didn't hurt it, it didn't hurt the game to bring it up to toughness ten. Right, it didn't hurt the game because and that, it basically then, toughness anything strength eight or less was wounding it on a six. Well, before seventh edition, um, there, there were limitations on whether or not you could actually wound something. Right, or and I should it, say, right, in eighth in eighth edition, you could wound I think anything. Once you were two strength higher in seventh edition, so or once you're once you're three strength higher, you couldn't wound something. Or three, yeah, three toughness higher than Correct, a, than the strength that yeah. couldn't be wounded. Um, yeah, toughness seven was rare. Toughness six might be a little bit low for a giant chunk of metal, but, but it I still, still has ten wounds. That's that's pretty resilient. Toughness ten is just. I still think that's kind of stupid. I mean, when it went up to toughness 10, I thought it was a, a silly idea. I'm surprised it's not toughness 7 right now. I'm surprised. I actually thought it would be toughness 8. eight? If it was good. Yeah. I mean, going to 6 is compared to that there are, I mean, isn't the, uh, isn't your neck. Ne- the War Sphinx and Necro Sphinx. Yeah, those are toughness 8, but those are solid magical stone. Yeah. This is supposed to be an iron tank, but ultimately you have to argue that it is hollow inside with people. True. And if you hit this thing with a rock... Sure, the steam tank is probably fine, but imagine the condition of the guys inside. Yeah, uh, it it does cause 
terror. It is unbreakable. It's a large target. It's a one-up armor save. It's a chariot. But that doesn't even matter because you're using steam points to make it move. So it's not like you're... And the steam points can't be applied quite in the same way. There are limitations. They're limited. Um, What they've done is they've taken, again, there were some one-plus choices in Empire, and they've been all stripped away. This was a one-plus. I've heard people saying, is there any point in taking a steam tank anymore? I I don't know the answer to that. Uh, Maybe, yes. I think, I mean, they're still cool looking to me. Um, Well, Well, let's look. Okay, it's got the steel behemoth. Which means um, it can shoot its missile weapons with mover fire, even if it's moved. So it can it basically it can fire its weapons pretty much all the time. It doesn't overrun or pursue. It restrains. The impact hits are pretty huge if you put the steam points into it. Yeah, uh, let's see. Let's let's talk about how this thing works now. At sure, the start sure. of your turn, how many steam points you're going to do? Anywhere from zero to five. So it's you just pick. It's either going to generate zero or it can generate up to five. That's its max. And you don't allocate where they go initially? No. During the phase, you decide up to, you can spend up to three of the however many you're going to generate. Now, once you've generated steam points, if you choose to generate them, then you roll an artillery dice to check the boiler. Um, You roll the artillery dice, and if the result is uh, more than the number of wounds, or if you roll a misfire... It's the artillery plus steam points, I believe, isn't it? No. Or is it? Roll an artillery die. If the result is greater... No, it doesn't say that. After oh, you're you right. Gener- roll an artillery die. So on the first wound with 10 wounds, unless you roll a misfire... Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, roll the artillery dice. Um, if the result is greater than the steam tank's current number of wounds, or if you roll, roll a D3 and then add the steam points. Oh, the steam points complicate the result i see right so that's on the boiler mishap so if you only generate one steam point and this you roll a misfire um then you uh, but you have to generate if you choose to generate zero steam points then you're also not doing anything you don't do that yeah so uh what are the results on a one to four you get a valve locked and this this gets a little complicated here basically you roll that D3 and add your steam points, which means if you're running the full five, you have a real chance of blowing up. If you're running only one, then basically if you only run one steam point, you're going to get valve locked because a D3 plus one is going to be one to four. Mm-hmm. Uh, roll a D6. On a one to two, you can't use any of your steam points. On the, the steam engine. On the engine. On a three to four, you can't use it on the gun. And a five to six, you can't use it on the cannon. So basically on a really low roll, uh, one of the things... One of the three options you have to burn your steam points on, break. Now, if you burn a full five, though, you're never going to get this option. So if you're running full steam, it's going to be something worse. Uh, minor leak, you lose D3 steam points if you get a five. If you get a six, you lose D6 steam points. The steam tank and any unit in base contact immediately suffers two D6 strength two hits. Distributors for shooting roll for each unit. Now, for the steam tank, obviously, it's only going to wound it on sixes, and it's got ten wounds with a one-up armor save. So that emergency vent, 2d6, it's, it's probably not going to do any wounds to the steam tank because it's, it's strength two. So you got that basically the one-up armor save for it. Right. Uh, once you hit seven, roll a d3. 
The steam tank immediately gains a number of steam points and loses a number of wounds equal to the result. So if you go with five and you hit this thing, you're going to, uh, you could get up to eight steam points, but you're going to lose some wounds. And then if you get the eight, it blowed up. All units within six inches of it, friend and foe, take 2d6 strength, four hits, and remove the steam tank. So that one, basically, if you misfire or overchew and you had five steam points and you roll that d3 and you hit a three, it's going to blow up. So, I mean, it's a complicated chart. It's almost an unnecessarily complicated chart. But the bottom line is you generate steam points, and the more you, uh, the more wounds you've taken, the bigger chance that that will go against you. Something will go wrong. Yeah, exactly. if, if your wounds are fine or if you roll a miss, every turn you, every time you apply steam points, you roll the artillery dice. There's uh-huh. a chance that you could suffer something. Right. But, but that's because it's a mechanical thing. It's Empire. Empire is not as risky as Skaven, but this is still the time of fantasy and you're trying to drive a fantasy tank. It may not right. work. Exactly. Um, but that being said, the rewards are quite nice. Now, you can only put three points to any of the three things. So if you got five steam points, you can only put up to three. You can't put all five points into any one item. You're going to have to split it up between at least two of them. Um, if you put it towards the engine, that's its movement. And for every steam point you put, it moves an extra D6. So it moves either D6, random, 2D6, or 3D6. So this thing moves in compulsory, which means that if it decides, if you decide you want to get into combat with something, they can't get out of the way. That is true. It's a nice ability. It's, and the Empire has this. That, and that's a bonus. It's a bonus that, it's, that suddenly it's moving because it's a random movement. It's a compulsory. Mm-hmm. Your only choice is to hold. That's right. And uh, the fact is the more points you put into movement, mm-hmm. you can put up to three, it increases its impact hits. Right. Uh, it already does... Well, it's a chariot, so it does D6 impact hits. Right, but for every point you put into movement, you get an additional D3. So D6 plus 3D3 if you're putting all three. So you're... Yeah. And that's what you'd probably want to do. That's a lot of impact hits at strength six. Now, you don't get to declare a charge because it's compulsory, so you're basically rolling your... Up to 3d6 and praying to God you roll enough to hit, run into that unit you want to run yeah, into. Yeah, if you're like eight inches away, you, you put all three steam points into movement, you just go clunk, and you pretty much count on a great big impact hit. And you're doing anywhere then, you're doing anywhere from four to 15 strength six impact hits. Yeah, and it's toughness six. This thing has 10 wounds, and it's unbreakable. So even if you end up taking a few wounds here and there, you're going to hold off an important unit for turn after turn. Now, it causes terror, mm-hmm. but because you can only hold on a charge, do you... Well, you would still have to roll, because even if you choose to hold, you'd have to roll if it charges you. Uh, that's a good question. Do you take a terror test in the compulsory phase against something that's charging you? I would think you would still take the... Compu- you can only choose to hold, but if you fail your terror test, you'd have to take a terror test. I think it's compulsory. Yeah, you yeah, you, 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 you have to hold, but if you fail that, you just flee anyway. Yeah. If you you have to take a terror test. If you fail it, you flee. If you don't fail it, you still have you have to stand there. But here's the downside of that. You're the steam tank. You've already chosen the direction you're going. Right. So you wouldn't be able to redirect. No. So you just you're gonna go and you don't get to run the guys over and you don't get to do your Let's impact see. hits. But at That's least they're true. fleeing. Uh steam gun is the pressure. Okay, so it's a breath weapon that you can fire every turn from the steam gun. Every turn. Yep. If you only do one steam point, it's a strength two breath weapon. 
uh, and then it can become a strength three or a strength four breath weapon, uh, depending on how many steam points you put into it. Mm-hmm. So one point of steam, it's a strength two. It's pretty nice. The cool thing about this is that you can charge into somebody, and if you've anticipated that you're going to get into combat, you can put your other two points, if you decided to build five points of steam, mm-hmm. into the gun and breathe fire, breathe your steam into close combat too. Exactly. So it can be kind of a butcher in close combat. Absolutely. Now, is it, uh, let's see, the steam gun. In either case, if you choose not to do it, okay, if only a two strength is additional. It's not no armor save. The steam gun? Yeah. It used to be. I thought it was used to be because it's steam. It's literally venting steam on you. Yeah, I think, that's, I think that's been stripped away. I think yeah. now it's just um, it's a strength gun. It's a it's or a, a minus. It was a it was an extra bonus. It, it was either a bonus negative to your armor. I forget what it was. It's a repeating breath weapon, which is its own amazing eighth edition ability. Yeah, that's true because no one else could actually do that, could they? Well, it's D, you know two d six strength question mark hits in close combat. In addition to whatever else you're grinding away from them. Yeah. Well, before you could fire this thing every you could you could it was it was the same template as strength two with no armor save you could fire it every turn before. Okay. Now you can boost it up to strength three or strength four, but you lost the no armor save. That is kind of a a penalty. It is. It is. But you know because I mean it it, 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 it like I said I'm just saying last but but, the last one. but it's more or less agreed before that the steam tank in an empire army was a one pluser. Yep. On, and now on it's, one plus meaning. On the side of unfair, too good for what you're getting. Now this thing is good for what you're getting. Yeah, 250 it's, points, it's still got a lot of cool stuff to it. For an Empire army an, army, an army of human beings that are supposed to be flimsy, weak, unreliable, leadership seven, now this is something else you can take that has a small footprint but can do a lot of damage is completely unbreakable. Absolutely. So I, I don't think it's broken the other way. I think it's still worth taking. You just have to get over what you've lost, forget it, and this is what you have now. Yeah. Oh, and like I said, I, that was before the VC book came out. I said, I've got, I've gotten to the... Remember, I was worried it was always going to... Okay, I've reached a moment of zen. I don't care what the changes are going to be. I just want to see what the new book looks like. I'm ready for it to be completely different. This army's not necessarily completely different. Um, I know I've actually heard people say... You know, I can't take my old list anymore. I have to take a different list. Well, I don't have the option of sticking with my old list. You, Yeah, your the points aren't going to balance out the same way. But I think in many cases, well, in some cases you're playing differently because the characters make such a big difference now. Yep. But in many cases, there's still the, there's a similar build in there. Um, the first thing I was thinking was, well, I'd probably still go with great swords. I'd probably still go with flagellants. I'd probably still choose the same lore I was choosing before, in theory, because I've never right. played Empire. Um I'd even consider taking a steam tank because now I've got stubborn, unbreakable, unbreakable. That's true, you know. And then suddenly you've got to do. And then I'd probably take another core unit and just make them very, very deep. And now I've got steadfast. Okay. Uh, let's look at the last bit of this: the, the, the steam cannon. Uh, it's a cannon. It's a straight-up cannon. It's a mobile cannon. The more steam points you put into it, the fire you can fire it. Mm-hmm. So you can't fire it unless you put at least one steam point into it. Um, it's expensive for a cannon, to be frank with you. I think this is, if anything, and this is going to sound odd to say, this is the, this is sort of the bells and whistles, but not necessarily the reason you bought it. 
No, but if you're kind of far off to the side of combat or you don't want to move in because you lost some wounds, you don't want to lose the thing, uh, one steam point that's firing 12 inches, suddenly you get into 24 or 36-inch range with it. It's it's strength 10, multiple wounds, D6. Yeah. I mean, it's a cannon. The thing about this is you'd almost forget. You're afraid of other things about the steam cannon, or I should say this. <laughs> you know what? It's a fun game. Read through the fluff on the steam tank and take out the word steam. Because it's in every other word. The steam cannon from the steam gun likes to do steamy things by the steam side. And <laughs> it's like it's like reading. It's uh, like a blood any, angels list where they have the blood cannon uh, and the blood this and the blood that. Or anything the, in forty k and take out the word space. <laughs> the orcs versus the Eldar, the wolves, the marines. <laughs> in any case, the point is, you almost forget all the options that the steam tank has, and then the next thing you know. You've got to be forced to take out a lookout, sir, because a cannon's going through your character. It has versatility. A cannon right. always has versatility because it allows you a poor man's snipe. Yeah, and it works just like a cannon, except on this one, if it misfires, instead of going to the black powder chart because it doesn't have one, right. uh, you the, it basically it, it gets stuck, and the steam tank takes D3 wounds with no armor save. Yeah, and this one also can't grape shot, but it's still a nice option to have this thing. Yeah. Um, I like Something it. else I haven't really mentioned. I think I've mentioned Lore of Life about a billion times so far, uh-huh. and I hate to keep driving it home, but there are no restrictions on healing this thing. Oh, that's true. So, the one fact that suffered, uh, you know, once you started taking wounds with the steam tank, most Empire players are afraid... What does Lore of Life do for the uh, toughness bonus? It increases it. I mean, how much does it plus increase Plus two, it? plus four, so you can bring this thing back up to toughness. Ten. Ten, yeah. Maybe that's one of the reasons. They figure people are going to be taking Lore of Life with the Empire Army because yeah, it's, yeah. it's a good lore to take. There's a reason why I personally believe it's one of those two lores. And I'd be delighted if someone says, I disagree, and this is what I think you should take, because then that's yet another way Would of building really them. Would you really be delighted? Yeah. Why not? I disagree with you. Yay! I'm full of delight and whimsy. But that's because I ate beans. You know, it's not about me being right. It's about the fact that this army is even more versatile than I'm imagining. Oh, no, I'm just just delighted with such a strong phrase. I just wanted to ask. I want to hear it. I want to hear it. I want to hear it. I love hearing about ideas that I didn't come up with. If you are taking a lore of, would you say light or life? Well, life is the one that affects uh, healing your toughness, and it also has dwellers below, of course. Now, if you are taking a lore of life, uh, wizard, then um, you can't put them on any of the other two rare choices. So if you're taking a life wizard, you're going to take the other rare choices without a wizard, which I would probably be taking it without a wizard anyway. Did you want to take a break before we get into those big gribbly things? Or Let's can we... take our last break because we'll cover these last two, and then we'll talk about kind of what well, we've actually been covering it, the type of things we would do if we were building an army, and then we'll wrap up with the nine-hour show. Sounds great. Hey, folks, it's Dave, and I wanted to talk to you for a minute about Battle Foam. You've all heard me talk about it before. The foam is firm. It doesn't separate from the base. They custom cut design, make any piece of foam you want to fit any model you want. Anytime a new army comes out, within days, you've got battle foam cut and designed to fit those models. This isn't a game company making cases on the side. This is a carrying case company making foam and custom carrying cases to protect your army. It's what they do. It's all they do. Check it out at battlefoam.com. Battle foam, protecting your army. 
back, 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 back. We're back. We're back. Back? Hey! Hey! <laughs> That's for you, Rillian. Yep. Okay, so the last two bits and bobs here. Well, we've got the good stuff. We got the war altar, I guess the 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 old Pope mobile. We've got the luminarch and oh, the celestial hurricane. War altar. Oh, because it's not an actual choice, and we didn't really cover it's, it. It's under a character the, choice. Yeah. Well, let's do that one first, then. Sure. Where the hell is the war altar in this book? It I is. totally skipped it. Here's forty-seven Sigmar. Um, and I know we've discussed the models, and now that I've seen some of the close-ups in the book, I I like. All three of these. I like the War Altar and I like the Lumen. I mean, I know they got the big weird thing on the top and they're a little silly, but after reading the fluff behind it, after looking at the models, especially the, some of the close-ups in the back, like inside the Luminarch and the different, all the little scrolls and bottles and vials, painting it would be, uh, I mean, just totally cool, paint it and put it together. And it, what's really weird is, and I know all they did was flip because it's basically the wagon with a little platform and on one the platforms in the front and on the other the platforms in the back yeah but you know what with all the other bits and pieces on it it looks different enough i mean unlike i know the with the necron came out with the necrons came out with that that battle arc where it's the, you know the, the it looks like ribs like a rib cage yeah the, the ribs bend down or the ribs bend up it looks like pretty much the same darn thing mm-hmm. here they look really similar but with all the other changes, it doesn't just—it doesn't just look like you flipped around the, the the base. I'm not as entirely sold on them. To me, they look a little bit like two versions of—I'm calling them the tchotchke wagons. <laughs> we got tchotchkes. Hey, you want a globe? We got that. <laughs> got some scrolls. I just—I just—I think they're such really—I I think they're beautiful models. They're, I really do. Okay, I. I don't know. They they seem a little silly. They they don't seem like they belong anywhere remotely near anything but an extremely paved road. Well, I mean, the, all of the wagons, yeah, the wagons themselves, yeah. And, I mean, the things look fragile on the top. They look far too fragile to be dragged into battle. You're going to take that thing where people are shooting at you? Really? Exactly. Right. The Hurricanum especially. The Luminarch, yes, it's all, it's all the... the, 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 the glass uh, lenses. I like the concept behind it. I'd like to see one painted well, but I also don't think I want to see one that's painted poorly because I don't think it'll translate. I, well, that's the thing. I was looking at even on the 360 degree painting up those lenses where the center is white and then it, it gets yellow on the edges. That's going to take a really good paint job to make it look as good as it does And in the a book. steady hand. <laughs> I, I did, did it. it. That's $200 for me. Can I play? It's operation. <laughs> Do you ever play? I mean, you remember playing operation <laughs> when you were a kid? I swear to God, when that stupid thing went, Wah, I must have, I hit the freaking ceiling. It's it's the closest to like a seven year old. Seven year olds in front of their parents don't swear. At least I didn't because <sighs> you'd get murdered. But I swear to God, you just want to slam your fist into the table and go, God. Well, it's not even that, but you reach because you're, 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 you're trying to you're startled. You just jump because you're so Double nervous. Flammable. What'd you say? Uh, nothing. Nothing. Fudge. Let's go to bed early. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Do you know what Ralphie just said? Fudge. All right, but okay. So let's start with War the altar. There we go. Um, it's got a five-up armor save, but it's got a four-up ward save, which apparently doesn't apply to the rider, as you've proven, no, as it, you have proven to me with yes. logic and skill, or, or just. Pointing it out in the book. Or just reading the rules. It's a large target. It's stubborn. 
But uh, it would be stubborn on the leadership of the guy writing it, which would be stubborn on an eight. Well, if you're going to take this thing, it's because of its hatred aura. Yeah. Uh, okay, hatred to everything within six inches of it. All friendly is within six inches. So for a few extra points, instead of having one you know, one model per unit, you just have this one model surrounding a couple of units, and they all have hatred. And I, it's nice. Your it's battle nice. prayers can affect... A unit within six inches, which is nice because you're not necessarily going to just keep putting it on yourself. So you can affect a unit within six inches with the battle prayers, which means if you don't have a warrior priest in a unit nearby, it's a nice... Yeah, it it may or may not save you a ton of points, but it'll affect a whole bunch of units all at once. It's pretty cool. And uh, the Golden Griffin is an enchanted item that casts Banishment. Banishment is the one that allows you to, I think it's 2d6 strength 4 hits, uh, but I believe they count as flaming and they do additional the, They do additional against you know demons and yeah. whatnot. But mo- almost as important, part of the reason I love taking it, I had this as a bound item in my cast orbs, the old one, but it allows you to force them to re-roll ward saves. Oh. And I can't tell you how useful that is. I just can't tell you because it's a secret. You, I swore to secrecy. The people who use banishment from time to time, I have a society, I'm a part of it. The The... the Banishment using society? That no, no, no. That's, that's, that's those, are our, those are our rivals. Those are the people on the bus. Right. We're the people who use banishment society. Oh. As opposed to you're the, the Judean people's front. <laughs> they were the people's front of Judea. <laughs> Splitter! Uh, well, yeah. Magic missile, 24 inches, 2d6 hits. Strength is 4, plus the number of wizards who know spells from the lower life. Whoa! Okay, so it's it's at least a strength five because you got at least one wizard casting it, right? Um, strength is equal to four plus the number of wizards who know spells from the lower light within twelve inches. Oh, not including the caster, not including so. the caster. So successful ward saves must be rerolled. Ugh. Yeah, that part is incidental, but it's the fact that the ward saves have to be rerolled is nice. Strength four is nice, and it's two d six of them. And does it get the uh, lore attribute since it's a spell from lower life? It should absolutely. Oh, so that's a good lore, spell or lore of light. Light. I am always mess up those two whatever oh whatever and you can upgrade it to give it terror the horn of sigismund the enchanted horn given in by the dwarves i'm pretty darn sure maybe not 100 percent sure but let's say like 60 percent sure that that would be a waste of points well let's see how much is it uh if, I if it's five points i'll take it i'm looking for is that. it 10 points i'll consider it Oh, it's got to be an arch lector. That's right. Arch lector yeah. gets it. The war altar. Because the 150 arch... points. Yeah, and how many points is that horn of Sigismund? Five or ten. If it's any more than that, I'm I, looking I, for I it. I don't test to the... see it. Oh, ten. Well, maybe then. Maybe I'll take it. Because here's the thing. The chariot, so you're looking at D6 impact hits at strength five, and then you're whopping two attacks from your arch lector. Why did I charge again? Whoops. Well, you know, but well, you're going to take it because you've got the flip flop of flippity flopper, the uh, magic item. Yeah, the, yeah, you're going to use the uh, the Van Horseman speculum. But right. my point being, giving it terror means that even your fear causing armies, your ogres and things like that, mm-hmm. will have to take a fear test against this. I suppose that's true. Which could drop them down to weapon skill one, which means that they're hitting this thing on fives. Or the well, the warhorse has a weapon skill of three. Your guy has oh, a weapon yeah. skill. Of oh yeah, oh yeah, I did I completely forgot the invincible horses. <laughs> you know what? They often do stuff. I'm 
I'm only being partially facetious because uh, playing a cavalry army, the horses often do more work than my well-paid and trained knights. <laughs> Which just makes you want to slap somebody. I, I know. It's a well. So, I mean, Thank you, I horses. Don't know, this, for, is, this is why Bretonian war horses have their own special slot in the book. It's because they're the, well, they're the work horses. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. <sighs> Sorry. I could hoof it out of here if you want. I hate to ruin this main event. You, you, with with the <laughs> terrible puns, how you come up with them so quickly, I do not know. Uh, it's just what can I say? Time is on my side. Quickly, uh, quickly. I don't know. I'm going to stop talking. To don't you clock me. That's all I have to say. 150 points for the <laughs> war altar. So, do you think it's worth it for 150 points? Well, it's 150 plus the arch lector, right? Uh, is it worth it? The question is. What's it doing in your army? Obviously, you're taking this because you want it to affect multiple units. It's a support unit. All of these big chariot-style units are support units. They're chariots, but you're not very smart to charge them into combat because they're not made to get into combat. They're not going to survive long. Right. Maybe the arch lector with his Van Horseman speculum can surprise somebody, but nobody in, at the top table is going to be surprised that an arch lector has it. It's 150 points to give hatred to everyone within six inches. Mm-hmm. Um, which means it's going to be really close, usually behind them. Yeah, it's slow because it can't march. Yeah, it's moving eight. Well, it's not which, that slow. Well, it's moving eight, so it's keeping up with your foot soldiers yeah, really it's easily. Gonna, it's going to start going one inch behind, but that's that's no big deal. Well, no, because your your guys can. They're march. going to go eight. You're going to go seven. Why would you only go no, seven? No, 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 no. You're moving to eight. I didn't right. realize that until now. No, yeah, you're moving to eight. So. Never mind. They're going to move eight. You're going to move eight. Perfect. Perfect. You can, you can grant these the, some of your schlubs the prayers. Well, I mean, I don't know. There's, for 150 there's points, a part of me that thinks it. that this one is actually better than the other two. They all have their place, but they're all support units. It's not something to be afraid of, and it's easily killed. Well, and that's the thing is that for that particular, for the war altar, the war altar has to, um, it, you have to, Put it with that lord level, the arch lector. And you can't just take it. It's an arch lector riding it, which means it's going towards your. I would, in my heart, I would rather take an inexpensive hero, put him in the unit that needs those abilities, as opposed to spamming it out against three that may or may not need it. Right. Save myself a lot of points. Right. And he's harder to kill because he's one man in a large unit. Because in a large unit, there may be 30 or 40 guys, and that's 30 or 40 wounds before he himself is at risk, versus this one thing that's on its own and can take one cannon and be killed. That's the, And that's the thing. And the War Altar, I think I just read that it used to be 100 points. And now it is 150. I don't think it's useless. I don't know where to fit into my army The old Ar- War Altar was 100 points? It was too cheap. Oh, that's stupid. That is that is too cheap. It was too cheap, and it did too much. It was yet again another one plus item. Yeah, that was too was easily fit points. in on top of other very powerful items. And um, oh, that 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 was that's wrong. I mean, that's yeah, that's too cheap. That's there's a there's an old role playing game. It's been out for a long time, and it's called uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, you've heard of it. Pretty fun. Uh, no, Shadowrun. You remember Shadowrun? Yeah. There was a. Oh, I'm thinking of the wrong one. No, no, not Shadowrun. It's called. I want to say it's Rifts. Okay. Well, whatever whatever the game was. It was like sort of the all-encompassing science fiction everything. Magic right. exists, blah, 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 blah. There's this character called a juicer. The concept was 
and this is in relation, believe it or not, to Empire. I'm actually making a point. Uh, I know okay. Dave's, Dave's looking at the clock with me. That's awesome. <laughs> no, I actually I was just looking at the clock in general. But anyway, the, with the juicer, the point is the whole character concept is you're role playing the guy whose stats are over the top. You've got too many abilities, but your clock is ticking. You've got a certain amount of time to play this character, and he will die. Oh, because he's a okay. He's a juicer. His heart's going to explode eventually. He is souped up on chemicals, and there will come a point where even if the character doesn't outright die, he's going to be a recovering juicer the rest of his life. The Empire, I feel like many of the players are probably suffering from something very similar. I see what you're saying. People who play Empire. Yeah, uh, dude. I didn't, you know, once again, it comes from not having an Empire player. And when we did have Tom playing, mm-hmm. he didn't have a war altar. He, that's not the kind of army he was playing. He no. took a lot of, you know, just a lot of Cannon troops and stuff. And, yeah. Got a hundred points. That's dumb. So many of the Empire players who are probably making a little bit of noise right now don't blame them. They're just recovering. <laughs> Reco- they're recovering. They're recovering. Juicers. They're, they're going to need a little time. Maybe 28 days from now, they should be able to uh, come out of the program and they'll be okay. <laughs> Okay, I can see why people look at it and think, I'll never take a war altar again, though. A 50% sure. increase in cost and doesn't have nearly the abilities it did. I consider myself to have dodged a bullet. I went from a fun but not very competitive army to a rock star super, star, uh, super army. So, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. The, what, the Chaos Dwarves, yeah. Yeah, they, they took I got a lucky. super boost. Yeah, they got a super <laughs> boost. Yay! But, but the, the Empire, on the other hand, they got... They got they did not get a firm hand, or they did not get a soft hand on this. No, but it's, it's it's almost like you said. It's like they needed a little tough love. Okay. They did, but the army is still there, I'm and it's still, really fun. it's still really fun. It's still really good. And horsemen and two steam tanks, and it's like, and, and okay, and before people start emailing us and jumping on our forums and saying, I played Empire all the time, and I didn't take the war altar with Van Horseman, Speculum, and two steam tanks. Good. I'm proud of you. And that's probably part of the reason you're listening to Garage Hammer, because we're, <laughs> we're hobby-based first. Right. And, you know, and I mean, I think that's great, but I'm, what I'm saying is... Is every time you hear these tournament things and people getting those the their tournament lists, you're hearing at least one steam tank. You're hearing that the, the war. Yeah. The, the, it's it what it became that list. Another army with that. I will go ahead and accuse those players. I'll just put this in parentheses. Those players of choosing their army based on their winning capability. We're going to lose a couple of those empire players. They're probably going to jump ship. Oh, and I think the Empire bandwagon, especially the, uh, a lot of people scream, you know, p- hearing the Empire players scream that their army started to suck, I think has has has, has uh, taken away some of the bandwagoning that you're going to see. Uh, I still think this is... Which is a shame, because I think there's a very good collection of different army builds here, and all you need to do is be clever enough to just choose one. Yeah, just choose one of them because there are several in there. Well, let's talk about these last two. Yeah. These last two puppies here, Luminarch of Hish. So, now, is this the more expensive one? One's one thirty and one's one twenty. This is yeah. Lum- no, the Luminarch is the cheaper. It's a hundred and twenty points. So thematically, this is the one based on acolytes riding on a war altar to to the lore of light. Yes, this one you gotta now. You if you take if you take your level four, you can ride. He can ride this if he's a lore of light. If you're if you're uh, wizard lord is lore of light, he can ride this, or you can just take it 
with I, a pair of acolytes. I'm not sure that I'm comfortable with that plan. I think I'd rather oh, this gotcha. just be yeah. a rare choice. Because this doesn't even have the ward save that the war altar has. This no. is a five-plus armor save, six-up ward. Now, it does have... Well, the nice thing about a chariot is when you when you have a, cha- a character on a chariot, you only hit the character, with, I think, on a six, isn't it? Or is it a five and six? I think it's on a five and a Maybe six. Maybe I'm remembering a seventh edition rule. Okay. One through four, the monster's been hit. On a five, six, the rider's been hit. Shooting at ridden monsters, the second paragraph. Okay, right. There you go. That's shooting at them. Now, in close combat, you can direct the attacks. Yeah, you just direct it. Right. So. So you're level four. And if you destroy the Luminarch, if you were to attack the Luminarch and destroy it, it wouldn't kill the rider. The rider would just be He'd on just fall to his then. feet, yeah. Okay. All right, back. Okay, so yeah, I don't, I don't see me putting him on this either. It's because it's too hard to protect him. Yeah, it's for, you'd want to put him in a unit. I mean, you can give him the four up ward save still, but people would just start pounding this. Well, thing. he's got, a, he's got a basically a three plus ward save that it's going to hit the chariot if it's a shooting attack or a magic attack, I guess. But that's if it's a shooting attack. But as soon as you have a template, they're both then hit. they're both hit. Yeah, yeah. So any of your rock lobbers, grudge throwers, and then it becomes cannons. a yeah one in three chance that he's the one hit by the strength ten or strength nine rock. Right. So forget about that. Forget it. Uh, forget it, man. Forget about it. So um, let's see. What does this luminarch do? It's uh, it, it's strength five, toughness five, it's a five, ch- five it, wounds. Not it's bad. A, it's a chariot. So if you're absolutely desperate to throw it away, you can always charge it in and get your impact hits. Uh, yep. And then it goes away next turn. If you have one or more on the battlefield, you get one die to your dispel pool. So here, your your warrior priests don't just give you dice, but this thing will. It'll give you one dispel die. That's frankly... One of the major reasons to consider it, yeah, uh, you know, it's 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 making your magic or dispel phase more reliable. And uh, once again, with your um, warrior priests who are making people give up dice, this has a bounce spell, and that's the big laser cannon on the top. Mm-hmm. It shoots a bit like a weak cannon, penetrates like a bolt thrower. Yeah, it is. It's a. It's basically it's a strength eight flaming bolt thrower. That's exactly what it is because it does it. It penetrates ranks. Um, like in fact, as same manner as a shot from a bolt thrower, multiple wounds D three, strength eight, flaming attacks. Yeah, it's uh, so it's a bound spell level four. Which just is, just in case strength eight isn't enough, it actually gets to re-roll the wound against uh, undead Nehikar and undead and demons. Yeah, so even the war sphinx, you yeah. get to re-roll four plus to wound, four plus to wound. Yeah, seventy five percent chance is not bad. Yeah, and. Uh, I mean, it's a it yeah a plus. I could see you know taking the uh, the pair of these cost two hundred fifty points together. This is the cheap one; it's one twenty. The Hurricanum's one thirty. This gives you an extra dispel dice. That one gives you an extra power it, dice. That's not that expensive, really. No, uh, that's actually I've I think well, my Dark Elf Chariot's one hundred and twenty. Uh, the the cannon, the empire, and I'm not trying to compare this to Empire Cannon, but the cannon's one hundred twenty. Yeah. This is also well, 120. It's fair, to, it's fair it's, to compare it to the Empire things because you can choose this or that. Right. Um, it's, you know, does it have the strength of a cannon? No, but it's got a 36-inch range bolt thrower sitting on the top, which, okay, I'm going to shoot this, and if you get it, you know, 
that's strength eight. I'm going to shoot this at your Morn Fang. I'm going to shoot this at your other big thing. I'm going to shoot this this big thing. Flaming. Uh, I'm going to shoot this at your Hail Pit tree or man. your Hydra yeah. or your Tree Man. Well, another nice thing about this is that it can move, and it is a bound spell so that you don't have to worry about the, the movement penalties. There aren't any. No. So, and it can, with on a four plus, it's going to cast. Yeah. I mean, I, I like I like it. I do like it. Um, I, I think you'll see some armies take one or the other of these. I don't think it's going to be in every army. I think they're vulnerable. If I had to choose one, I think I may choose the other. I agree, and we'll get to that. I agree right. with you. Right. Um, I think we see I more like or less it. eye-to-eye on this army. Yeah. <laughs> Which is... How often does that I'll, happen? I'll take it when it comes. Empire. <laughs> uniting mankind. Including David and Christopher. What do you know? We get along. <laughs> we got included in mankind just Yay! There. Yay, I'm a man. Well, I'm your mother. (laughs) (laughs) It's a little Berlin for you. Oh, my God. And you know what the problem is? I can't hear that and not think of it because that was in one of the Weird Al polkas. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, I'm a one-night stand. Yeah. I'm a little girl when we make love together. together. Hey, hey, hey. Stop it. <laughs> Girl, don't make it oh, stop bad. Because <laughs> now the whole goddamn Pocus on 45 take is running through my head. song and make it better. Wah, wah, wah. All right, so um, are we done with this hash one? Oh, for God's sake. Yes. All right, so let's move over to Celestial Hurricane. Now, this one costs 10 points more. It's 130. One thing we didn't mention, or if you did, I didn't hear it, is just I want to talk about the Order of Protection for two seconds. The Luminarch of Hish and all friendly units within six inches. The six-up ward. Six-up ward, yeah. Okay. Okay, good. So then. Go to Ferris Rains. Okay, so the Celestial Hurricane is the one which which has Ogre's (laughs) spinning uh, Celestial... Uh, you know, map on the top of it. Yeah, it's got kind of this crazy thing. It's obviously from the uh, celestial. Um, yeah, and it's, the, the lore uh, of heaven. It looks really cool dragging it out. In now on the drawing, it looks a little cooler. I think in the drawing you see all the lightning crackling around it and then pointing stuff out. Um, it looks a little stronger. The the actual the cart looks a little wider in my opinion. This just looks a little sturdier than the actual model. Um. Yeah, it's same stats. No strength five, toughness five, five wounds. Five wounds ain't bad for 120 points. It's okay. Uh, I mean, it, it ain't great, but it ain't bad. Once well, again, I guess that's what you get when you pay it out of the the rare slots. Is you get an extra wound or something? Yeah, it's still it's not meant to survive. One unit with spears is a threat to this thing. Right, and once again, you're taking these means you're probably either not. Well, you know, you've got the the volley gun and the rocket battery are the same cost as these. Uh, the steam tank is two fifty. Yeah. So this is a, this is a support tank. unit. This yeah. is not here to cause damage, but rather to support those units that cause damage. Right. So let's see. This one's a large target as well. Um, now, if you have one or more hurricanums, add one dice to your power pool. So, so th- this one is not cumulative. However, no. but the next one, Dave, is the next one is which is all friendly units within six inches have a plus one. To hit in close combat. So, as some of the folks on our forum were, uh, uh, not- what's the word? Uh, well, they were asking because this, like on the other one, the locus of Hish, it says if you have, oh no, uh, yeah, no, it just says the Hurricanum and all friendly units have plus one to hit. It doesn't. So this say, is cumulative. Yeah. If you if you want to take two of these and give your guys a plus two to hit, meaning a two plus to hit, you can do it. 
there was a debate back and forth, and I was eventually corrected on Twitter. Uh, you cannot auto hit. You can auto wound, right? But you can't auto hit. No. So this, the best you can do is to two plus. I think a plus one to hit is good. A plus two to hit kind of invalidates the need for your warrior priests. Right. So you want to pick and choose between and the two. Really, do you want to throw two of these on the table? I don't think. I don't think. I don't think they do enough. I mean, they do that, which is awesome. But you're not going to get the 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 bonus power dice is wasted because you can't get it from two of them. Um, and when you see what what it does, which is the storm of uh, Shem Shemtech Shemtech, yeah, uh, that's so random that I don't know that having two of them on the table is going to be all that awesome. You're not. I personally don't even think you're buying it for the Shemtech thing. You're I think buying you're buying it, it, and that's nice that it's there, but you're buying it for other options. The plus one to hit and the plus one power die. Yeah. If I was going to take two, I would take one of each. I don't think I would take two of either of these necessarily. Yes, I agree. Yeah. And I think that there's a build out there that takes one of each of these, but then you have to find a way to protect them both. Well. I mean, they're, they're, yes, they're, they're resilient. When you have two of them, both of them's toughness five, five wounds, one is probably going to survive for several turns. Right. But, I mean, it it's definitely going to give their war machine something to do. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, and, but, and then once again, if I'm shooting at this 120-point object with my war machine, I'm not aiming at that other stuff. Right. It does you know, mean that you're taking attention away from other things that are have a more direct job to do. Because if you take out support before you take out the main event... That's and if you do decide to go after the other things and say, "Wow, well, that that thing's stupid," or "I'm not worried about the storm of Shemtech," well, that's fine. But then all my guys around it are going to get their plus one and mm-hmm. stuff. The problem comes in, and well, actually, it might not. Um, if they charge, if you charge, you better pray that the, this thing can catch up to them and get within six inches of them, because if they charge and run forward, you know, twelve or thirteen inches. You need to get this thing up its eight inches and get it close enough where it's going to give that plus one to hit. Because otherwise you're sitting around waiting to be charged in order to get the bolt. You know what I'm saying? That's true. I see what you're saying. So If I'm charging forward and I roll a four plus my 2d6, you know, I'm... Well, you just need to be six inches away and this thing does move eight. Right. So, I mean, even if 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 the person that you're benefiting... You're going to be right behind. You're going to be an inch behind them the whole game until they charge. And, you know, what are they going to roll? Four is their movement plus. And 16 would be the most they could move. Figure f- so the average seven, is seven or yeah. eight. So seven or eight, we'll say 12 inches up. And yeah, then you, you just move you, your eight and you're still within. Sure. So. Yeah, I'm just I'm just pointing out that, you know, don't forget to keep, keep this thing alongside it. And, and so you do need to hug the back of whatever units you're attempting to right. benefit. Yeah. So let's look at its special ability. It doesn't have the uh, the bolt thrower. This one has a pretty random, strange little storm of Shemtech. Uh, it's kind of like a, a, a mini collection of all the great things you'll find in the lore of heavens. It is. It's really bizarre. It's uh, that was a it's a bounce spell level four. It's direct damage. Uh, excuse me. Range is twenty four inches. Small round template over a target. It scatters d six inches. Uh, and then the result on that D6 also determines the type of storm. If you roll a hit, it doesn't scatter. If the template hits a unit with flying special rule, it suffers D6 strength for hits in addition. That's the old lore. That's the lore of heavens. Right. So 
So uh, if you hit that flying unit, so it scatters D6 inches. Now, if it only scatters one inch because they match up, um, or even if you roll a hit, whatever you roll on that, that D6 scatter, uh, sudden downpour, target is pelted with rain, the unit's a bit soggy, but no damage. So, well, I mean, but the flying thing, it even says, even if you roll that, the flyer still takes its D6 strength for hits. If you remember in 7th edition Heavens, I think the level 1 spell was like, like you pelt them with rain, and all it does is it's minus 1 to hit with ballistic weapons. It was a really funky, right. disappointing spell. Yeah. Uh, so if you roll a 2, though, you get the Ice Shard Tempest. All models hit by the template suffer a strength to hit. In addition, all units touched by the template... So if it straddles units. So all you need to do is graze one guy, and the whole uh-huh. unit's going to be affected by that part. Minus one on all to hit rolls, shooting and close combat in the start of the caster's next phase. Shooting attacks that do not use ballistic skill are unaffected. Now, I tell you what, if you can control this, that's great. Yeah. I mean, it's got to move. Once again, if it, if you roll the hit, you may try to land it in between units. If you roll the hit and just pray to God you get the two. But there's, I mean, you but there's no control. Yeah, there's you no can't control. count on this. It just might do what you want it to do. On a three, you get the Raging Tornado. If the unit is beneath the template, the central hole... Uh, if the unit lies beneath the template's central hole and is not engaged in close combat, roll a scatter die and rotate the unit so it's facing that direction. If you roll a hit, then the caster gets to pick the direction. If by rotating the unit it would come within one inch of another unit or impassable terrain, simply stop rotating the unit as soon as it moves within an inch. It's partly because of this that I like this more. The other effects I like also, but some of these effects are pretty good. If you roll the hit, I can point you wherever I want to point you. There's or, no there's no control. Once again, there's, yeah. But if you happen to say, oh, did I just nail your chosen with this and now he's pointing you know, ass backwards? Great. I yeah. just bought myself a turn of not being charged. Exactly. No control, but you just have to take what you can get with it. Yep. Now, four and five. So on, you got a one in three chance of getting a lightning strike. The model under the template's central hole suffers a strength six hit. So it's basically a strength three template, strength six in the middle. Yep. So No no additional D wounds or anything. But, but I'll, you know, I'll take that. Yeah. So you got a one in three chance. So let's say one in three chance of... Using it basically as a strength three slash so uh, as a as a stone thrower, uh, the meteor strike, the model under the template suffers a strength eight hit, multiple wounds d six. All other models suffer a strength three hit. So basically, you got a fifty fifty chance of using this thing as a stone thrower, mm-hmm. uh, with the one 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 chance out of that being a really heavy hit in the middle. Otherwise. Uh, it's minus one on all to hit rolls, or or nothing, or just spin them around. I it's it's fun. It's random. It's, yeah. it's not something you can rely on. Which is why once again, if you if you're talking tournament stuff, they're not taking it for this. They're taking it for the plus one to hit and the no, plus one die. No, and in, in effect, it actually has to slow down a game sometimes because the person's going to say, oh, what did that do again? And where does the template land? And how far do I have to spend this guy? Well, I mean, you just pick it and roll and look at your chart. Yeah, you know, but I mean, but it's it's not what you're going to be taking this thing for. You're right. taking it for reliable abilities. Now, for a fun game, these things are a treat. Yeah. <laughs> I think I, I like them a lot. I really do, and I know that a lot of our a lot of listeners and stuff. They're you know, there's certain people who just want to hear what you're going to take to a tournament. Um, These things, no, 
but for a fun game, they're great. Yeah. I, I myself, I'm a little less impressed with how they look than other people. Mm-hmm. I'm not crazy about the way they look, but it's a matter of personal taste. And it really doesn't matter what I think. Yeah. I mean, I actually, I, I like... I like all the new models for yeah. this line. I don't, um, I don't dislike any of them, but I think that these look a little funny. They're they're just yeah. they don't quite scratch the itch that I was hoping for, but they're uh, they're interesting. I'll tell you this: I wasn't expecting them. It's not what I expected. This to was see. the opposite of what I expected. <laughs> I th- I was wondering. Uh, there was a part of me that speculated: Will they focus on a lore? Will they make it easier? And they didn't make it so you restricted, but they reward you for really unusual choices. Yeah, if Heaven's you take beasts, beasts, you can take... I the, mean, the griffin, yeah. Yeah, the griffin, which... That's actually a choice that I could get behind. Yeah. Um, it's going to give you that bonus. It's uh, Oh, griffin's a good fighter. Yeah. I mean, it gives you some mobility. Uh, you still only... You know, the, the the wizard will probably have his own ward save, but on top of that, there's still the monster and handler... Well, the... Um, what is it called? The the random chance of shooting at the, the monster. You got right. that... That sort of two thirds ward save of hitting the beast, yeah. And griffins are kind of tough now. Yeah, they're pretty cool. Well, I keep saying tough; they're stronger now. Yeah. Uh, but like I said, that and that's all our choices. We just went through all that stuff. Um, I do like. I like the new choices. I think that depending on how you want this, this book has enough stuff for a competitive gamer. If you really want to. If you find the right mix and the right complement of choices, yeah, yeah, um, but it's also got a lot of fun choices in there too. You know what I'm saying? Oh, definitely. It, it's I got to build for everyone, which I think is is key. This is this is the this is the exact expectation of an eighth edition book anymore. They're yeah. taking away things that are obviously one plus bad, that seventh edition feeling. They're stripping away a lot of the magic items, but you have so many in the BRB that it's only leaving you with a few interesting different choices to sort of differentiate your army. These are these are the flavor choices. Mm-hmm. You know, most people are going to go and take stuff out of the BRB. I think in most lists you're going to see, you might see one or two of these items in, in these magic items. That in every army, I think that there are a few where you, you linger over it and say, I'd like to find a place for this one. Yeah, but for the most part, like you said, you've got the BRB, and it, there's enough in there. There's enough go-tos. All right, heirlooms of magic. So the first one the is rune fang. the Rune Fang is 85 points, uh, all hits from a Rune Fang, wound automatically with no armor saves allowed. If you can afford it, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so obviously the more attacks you can generate, the better off you're going to be. You're not getting much, by the way, of giving this guy a ward save because you're spending a ton of points on his weapon. But I'd say give this to the cavalry uh, general. Oh, yeah. Because he's got the four attacks as opposed to the captain's three. Yeah. And because he's mobile, you can more or less command where it's going to be. I mean, the Rune Fang's not cheap, and I think it's actually more expensive than it used to be. But um, it's... it's I, I want to say before they were almost 100, were they? I thought they were 75. I don't remember. Let me take a look. Oh, no, Rune Fang was 100. So they've actually gone down in a little bit. So now you can take a 15-point something else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just the, the the idea of the Rune Fangs, the 12 dwarf swords made and given out, I... Um, you know the electric counts have them. The champions have them. So you could write up your character. Once again, this is an army that really gives itself over to writing up some fluff, writing some backstory, picking, making up. You could you know look at the map. If there's not a place, pick a place. Make yourself a border prince or something. Uh, pick a place. Pick your colors and write up your your history for this. And handing the guy a rune fang ain't a bad ain't a bad uh, bit of fluff for it. Uh, Mace of Hellstrom. 
Always strikes last two hands. Uh, plus two strength in close combat. Instead of attacking normally, you can forfeit all normal attacks to make a single special attack. Still always strikes last. If it hits, it's strength 10, flaming, D3, multiple wounds. We're starting to see a few army books have weapons like this. It does this, or you can do the one-shot wonder with this. Well, for, I mean, for 50 points, basically, it's a, it's a great weapon. The Mace of Hellstrom is a great weapon, and that's all it is. Unless you want to do the one attack with it that's, you know, strength 10, flaming, multiple wounds, D3, that can help. It's not bad. This will work well in conjunction with something like the Hurricanum that gives you plus one to hit. Because if you're banking it all on one hit, you want to make sure that it actually hits. And the the guy who's got this had best be in a unit with one of those priests that give you hatred. Yes. Reroll to hit with the uh, plus. No, 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 because the uh, the the priest specifically says it grants hatred to the unit, but not to the other characters in it. Oh, does it say yeah, that? Yeah. So unfortunately, someone who can take this wouldn't be benefited. Oh, from okay. It. Eh, poop. But you could give it to the priest, who only has two attacks. No, that's true. So instead of attacking with two attacks, you attack with this one. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. And that way, I assume you ha- you can enjoy your own hatred. <laughs> I'm go. enjoying my own hatred these days. <laughs> How's Although, the hatred I'm, working out for you? I'm enjoying it. Thanks. Enjoying it. Now shut up. <laughs> so I think I think for the right choice character, I would take that. For other characters, I might not bother. Right. Uh, armor of Meteoric Iron uh, has actually doubled in cost. Um, and the only change, it went up from a one-up armor save that can't be improved to a one-up armor save that can't be improved, and a six-up ward save. Considering how many special characters you have, I can see the need for this. My guess is not the best choice, but it's the best you've got choice. Right. You're going to have many characters, not all of which are going to be able to afford a good armor save and a good ward save. This is a way for 50 points that gives you both. If you're just taking them for the effect that it has on the unit, and you don't care necessarily about giving them a major item of of a, a weapon. Right. And, uh, so I bet you this will actually be be bought. Unless 50 points is too much for the army, I bet you there are times where you just want them to survive, and that's what you take for them. The, the other thing is if you're taking, you know, if you're in an army, you got two generals or someone else who can take uh, armor, mm-hmm. then the 50-point heavy armor for up ward, you know, a lot a lot of that, that's going to go on your general or your BSB. Yeah. Here's a second piece of armor that's gonna, at the very least going to give you a nice, really hefty... Armor save, so it'll it, you know it's like you said you got a lot of characters. It'd be nice to be able to give more than one person a really good armor save yeah, or a good ward. You're save. going to run out of options. Yeah, they're, yeah. Not, they're not all going to be able to have like you know the one plus three plus or the one plus four plus. So right. This so is at least one way that you can give somebody a decent armor save. And honestly, a one up armor save for twenty five points. I mean, that seems a little that's cheap. That that was too cheap. You're making it. I don't know. Yeah. Fifty. I don't for, know. Fifty. For the empire. Much? That's probably cheap. For yeah. For certain armies, I can rationalize it. For the empire, I can't necessarily. Right. So fifty. Helm of the Skaven Slayer. Uh, helmet gives you uh, an extra one to your armor save. You cause fear against Skaven. It causes terror and hatred against uh, the wearer. Anything at all involving the Skaven is completely incidental. For 15 points, giving you plus one to your armor save and causing fear, I think for 15 points it's worth it. Yeah. And everything else is absolutely disposable. Right. Um, the fact is every once in a while it'll actually pay off for you in a tournament game. Ace. 
Otherwise, I actually think it's not bad. For 15 points, plus one to your armor and... Especially since your characters can take full plate and a shield. So you're getting four to right. three. This is making it two. Yep. And you cause fear, which grants it to the whole unit. Yeah. So suddenly you're not as worried about those other demons, ogres. Yeah, you're not having to take that fear check. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's awesome. Just another way of having a little insurance. What else? We got the White Cloak of Ulrich, 50 points. Enemies in base contact are minus one to all rolls to hit. In addition, the wearer's got a five-up ward, increasing to two-up. It's a two-up flaming ward. A nice little talisman for 50 points. A little expensive, but uh, that's minus only to the wearer. It's not to the unit, so. Yeah. Uh, and the thing is, it's a five-up ward, which normally is about 30 points. The two-up ward against flaming is a nice bonus. Um, the minus one to hit rolls is just to enemies in base contact. So this talisman is only going to affect a couple of models. Well, that's true. That's true. But at the same time... It's 50 points, though. I, th- I think it's a little pricey, but it's yet another way of thinking about protecting characters. If they, mm-hmm. if you've got a character that can take full plate and a shield, um, I mean, that's a three plus. It's not bad. Mm-hmm. And then instead of spending a lot of points on armor, because maybe all the other characters have the armor, you give them something like this, and suddenly they need a four. Now it becomes a five to hit you. Oh uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I mean, it's just uh, you know. I mean, this is one of this is one of the items that I looked at and was kind of like, eh, I, I don't see me taking it terribly often. Yeah, there's a, it, you're for, only going to have fifty points. I'm like, yeah, probably not taking. Well, it. but you're only going to have really one four plus ward save, and you're going to even run out of those five pluses. Here's another way of getting a five plus ward save, and you're getting something on top of it. Yeah, I don't absolutely. know for fifty points. I don't know if it's worth it or not. I'd have to point it out. I think it's something worth considering. Like I think that when they designed this, they considered how many characters you might end up having and how are you going to protect them. They're giving you options. This may not be the best one, but it's at least out there. Right. Right. Uh, Van Horseman Speculum. It's 40 points. Everybody knows what it does. You have to use it. Well, just, just in do case. You have to use it? Just in case people don't, this is an enchanted item that allows the wearer, when he fights in a challenge, they swap the strength, toughness, initiative, and attacks characteristics on his profile with his enemy. So when you give this to an well, Archlector. swap, though. So yeah. you better make sure that your challenger. I mean, you're a human, so your stats are average. Chances are, with your toughness of four and two attacks, you're going to want to swap it with that Chaos Lord, with that Chaos Dwarf, with that Dwarf Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just about anything. This works great with Archlectors. It even works well with your captains, because your captains aren't that tough. Right. It's strength, toughness, and initiative that are getting swapped. That's And attacks. Oh, yes, and attacks. I'm sorry. Strength of this initiative and attacks. Um, used to also be the weapon skill. So it lost switching their weapon skill. And uh, it's a little more expensive, but it's still a darn good piece of equipment. It's a it's a darn good piece of equipment. Yeah, and, uh, I think it's worth taking. It's a trap. I mean, you have to you have to approach certain characters knowing that it could be out there and you could get substandard. Yeah, it was always on the guy in the war altar because he had sucky stats. Mm-hmm. Now it, you could kind of put it on anybody because you're not going to have the guy on the war altar. Um, I mean, it, there's there's a ton of uses for this. Sure, I mean, uh, you're going to see this. You're still going to see this a lot, even though it's forty points. I think you will too, because if for forty points you can kill a two hundred point character. Great. Exactly. Uh, let's see. Ring of Volans, 30 points. One u- It's a one-use bound spell. Power level variable. 
At the beginning of the game, so, oh, I remember reading this now. At the beginning of the game, choose one of the eight lures. This one's a bunch of crap. Generate a spell at random, like you were a level one wizard. It's bound with the ring of Volans and can be cast just like a bound spell with the power level equal to the normal casting value of the spell. This one is a big cartoon pile of crap with big cartoon stinky lines and a big cartoon fly flying around it. Yeah. What uh, What are they thinking? If it wasn't one use only, I could see it. But it's for one, one use only, what is the point? And you don't even know what you're going to get. You're yeah. gonna, you, you, get to, you get to pick one of the eight lords. It's not even fun. It's just why would I choose to spend 30 points on one use only? And it's completely random. Even if I get a great spell... Here's the thing. Okay, I'm going to pick this lore, and if I have one or two of those spells in that lore in mind... And your empire, so you have access to all eight lores from your wizards. Yeah, this... this What's that, the point? Your wizard, you can have a wizard for 65 points. Yeah. So, for half that, I get a one-use... No, it's stupid. Big crap. <laughs> it's crap. <laughs> Don't choose this because it's crap. Or prove me wrong, please. Again, I like to be proven wrong. Go ahead and do it, please. But until I see it, until the argument's solid, this is dumb. This one's dumb. 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 David's dumb. Do you? Uh, I'm, I'm guessing you don't really like this it's one. just so stupid and dumb. <laughs> All right, Griffin Banner. Uh, it's, uh, it's a little bit more expensive than the last one. Yeah. It is, but it should be expensive considering what it does. This is a 60-point magic banner, so it has to be on your BSB. Yep. Uh, a unit joined by the character bearing the Griffin banner doubles any combat result bonus granted for having extra ranks, meaning that if you have one additional rank, it's plus two instead of plus one. If you have two additional ranks, it's plus four instead of plus two. Yep. Doubles your rank bonus. Uh, you will not pursue. You will hold your ground. But you're going to win a lot of combats. Yeah. So this is great with uh, cavalry. Let's say you actually take, I don't know, let's say you take 10 or 15 um, cavalry. You're going to get a plus 40 of combat resolution. That's true. In addition, or in addition you, to your charge and your standard. Or if you put it, if you do put it in with a BSB in a regular unit. you got a big unit. They've got a, they've got a bunch of ranks. Mm -hmm. um, all you got to have is another unit. Touching it that can pursue for you. Oh, yeah. When you know that you've got something like this coming up, make sure that you, even a, a unit of five guys on horses. A detachment of something. Well, yeah, guys on horses is, would be awesome Perfect. because yeah. then you got the swift stride on top of it. Right. So you're going to run them down. So a big resolute uh, unit of guys with this banner. Plus six combat res just for rank bonus. It, it gets hard to lose. I mean, unless, unless you're going up against like frenzied corn warriors, in which case they're going to be stripping off 15 guys at a stretch. But even then, you're going to be able to defend yourself. I mean, most of the time. You're only human, but still, this is a very powerful... You're paying a lot of points for it. It's yeah. 60 points for this banner. Yeah. But you get what you're paying for. This one's good. And then you get the steel standard. Uh, ignore negative movement penalties for barding and re-roll any ones when you charge, flee, or pursue. The re-roll is, the, is right. the beauty there. Right. Well, it's both because, first of all, yeah, you're, you're moving further, so you, uh, you can march 16 instead of 14. Right. It's that one additional inch when you do charge that sometimes makes a difference. And then if you roll a one... You get I to re-roll it. Well, here's the thing. You've got to have that on your calf um, because it's barding penalties. I mean, I, if, if they have any. You can put this with a regular unit and just on your two dice, make sure you don't roll a one. 
I would pay for that. But yeah, for thirty five points. But if with Swift Stride, Swift Stride and its insurance oh, against yeah. that, I we've all been there and rolled the, the triple one. Yeah, I mean with my cavalry, I have been there. It's like one, two, and three. I'm like, I really failed this charge, you know. And you have to swear a lot, and then you look like a jerk, and people. <laughs> When you swear a lot, people rule you low on sports scores. Yes, they do. And then you pay too much for cable. <laughs> will you stop it? Oh, God. Um, but I, I like this one. I think the steel standard for 35 points, it's a little pricey considering you're going to be slapping it on cavalry and you're already spending a lot for them. But, man, does it make them worthwhile. You've got insurance that your charges and your pursues are going to succeed. Uh, yeah, I think people would almost expect it. I would hope so. Yeah, on your cavalry. I mean, because it looks almost it's it. This is look. This is like almost like a one plus banner. It really is. But it but, uh, because this is Empire, I think it's only going to be able to be on. Is it Reichsguard and Inner Circle? So you know right. who has it and who doesn't. Right. Um. You, I suppose you could use it though as a surprise and put it. I mean, your great swords can take a banner. There are other units that can take a banner. Question. Um. Yeah. I know the the captain, the hero level. Uh huh. Can you put him on a horse and put him with cavalry? I think so. Oh, yeah, there he is. War horse. War horse? It's a barding. You're putting on that right there. I don't know who you're supposed to be right now. I don't know either. I'm just doing a funny voice. You it's not sound very funny. crazy. It's outrageous. Outrageous. Yeah. Chaos horse Dumbledore. <laughs> Did you just say chaos work is Dumbledore? That's kind of what it sounded I like. I wish I had. <laughs> I'm so envious of that moment. I wish I could take it back and redo it and Go say ahead. what you said. Just, we'll pretend. I can't. Uh, There's no going back, Dave. Only going forward. I see. Forward to the future and to victory. <sighs> to victory! <laughs> you drug addict. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, it's not so true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not addicted. <laughs> it's not a problem. I just do a whole bunch of it. I rub it into my scalp. Is that, am I doing it right? I don't abuse. Am I high? I don't know. Oh, criminy. So, I mean, that's everything in the book, folks. That's um, it. I, I don't know. Hopefully, after listening to us, if you thought this book sucked, maybe we changed your mind. Hopefully, we gave you some I ideas. Just, maybe I just think don't of. think it sucks. I think I that people, either. I think people who did play Empire are reeling from the changes, and they have a right to because many of the one plus items are gone. Did you say people who played Umpire? It sounded like you said Umpire. I think you said Umpire. I wish I'd said that, Dave. I wish <laughs> I could take it all back. Am I high yet? Chaos Orc Superstore. It's like a time warp happening. Chaos right Orc is Dumbledore. Dumbledore. <laughs> oh God, I'm getting tired. <laughs> what we were trying to say. Um, Before we started talking. Well, yeah. Uh, this is a good army. And I really, especially in a friendly game, dude, th I think this almost more than any other book can be tailored to take on anyone or anything. You know, jack of all trades, master of none. True. You know, they are. That's true. But they what they do is that they supplement whether, uh, each other well. Part of the theme of this army is these are just men, just guys with sticks, but... They're all protecting each other. They're all covering each other's backs. It's it's you know the a finger is not strong, but a fist is strong. And this is like an army of a, it's this is the fist. I mean, and they all right. protect each other. And you layer their abilities you have to know over how each to other. Make that fist though, right? That, and that's the thing. It's you've got to. And it, it's not just you have to have a good list because even with a good list, there are parts of this that are going to be fragile. It's going to take a. Yeah. It's going to take some good playing. And I some, think that this is a tactician's army for sure. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, yeah, you'd have to know how to play chess, Warhammer chess, to play this army a little bit, I think. Yeah. But I like the fact that there are so many ways to play them. I personally, one of the first things I looked forward to, I guess it's because I play Bretonia, to be frank with you. But Luminarch Hish? Yeah, I just want to play field nothing but Luminarchs. Oh, you're going to take that, that bound spell one-use only? Yeah. The one-use only bound spell. Wow, I mean, that, your reaction to that one was something, too. Yeah. I don't think of that. Yeah, I a whole bunch of Luminarchs. It's like the... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Lazor. The Lazor. Guess it's time for the uh, Renaissance Fair. It looks like it's come to town. <laughs> <laughs> no, but for me, I, because I played the Bretonians, one of the first things I saw was how much fun it would be to build an Empire Cavalry Army. Oh, with, sure. Including the um, the uh, Demigriff Riders and utilizing your abilities with your spells in a way that Bretonia can't. Right. They have access to all eight lores. You really can't understate that. Unlike many of the other army books that have come out, the orcs, the ogres, the tomb kings, they all have limited spells. Even my chaos dwarves have limited spells that they can choose from. I like what I've got, but you only have a certain amount. These guys have them all. You are not limited. So, And, and, and once again, it's that it's that they have like the ultimate toolbox. Yes, they do. You can build what you want. You and know. Yeah, they do not lack for, for choices. All of your core choices have almost every weapon possible. Right, you know. and, and it and the funny thing is, we they've been handed everything, but it doesn't overpower them. Weaknesses of this army is that I don't see a great deal of built-in magic attacks. No. You have to come; that has to come from your magic phase. Yes. Uh, so, vampire count ethereal, or you know, froggy ethereal. The same, right. I would be a problem. Agreed. Uh, my chaos dwarf Kadai destroyer is in theory a problem. But it really isn't because they have cannons. So what do you want? They have cannons. They have cannons. So, or they come up to you with that Griffin banner with a with a huge unit with a Griffin banner, and they combat res the crap yeah, out of it. Yeah, and then they just kill it because yeah. it, in that case it'll just crumble in one turn. There are answers. I would Static say combat res of six. No flaming attacks built in. But again, with your magic phase, these are things you have to think about. What are you most afraid of? Tailor your magic phase to cover your bases. Exactly. And the fact is they can cover every single base. You yeah. just have to think ahead because the army itself doesn't look that much, and it isn't that much. Your your troops are pretty weak until you start stacking them up next to each other and you realize you've got all these protective bubbles. Right. And you got to make sure to have them, though, because yeah. you can't have that thing like we talked about earlier where one unit can break and suddenly the whole line crumbles, like left, right, and center. A bit like Skaven... The Empire does have that risk. If you lose the wrong key character or the wrong key unit at the wrong time, you can see a pretty big splash. But I don't think it says... But yeah, I mean, you, you're going to have a couple of safeguards. You're going to have hold the line in a couple of key places. Right. And I just there are anchors that are going to hold your army in place. This seems like a really fun army to play. The more I look at this book, the more I enjoy reading through it, the more I'm enjoying just coming up with all these little different ideas of what what you could do with them when i see myself playing them and, and i don't when i don't think i'm going to build the cavalry when i think i'm going somewhere else in my mind what i'd like to try and build is something with lots of um unbreakable and stubborn and okay. this is something very easy for them to build you include warrior priests and in whatever lore you're going to take so you threaten with the lore you enhance with your warrior priests so probably include at least one guy withhold the line um Swordsmen, or excuse me, great swords, right, and um, flagellants, 
probably Lore of Shadow, Steam Tank for Unbreakable. So now I've got Stubborn Unbreakable, Unbreakable, and a very big core unit that goes deep that's Steadfast. That's probably the one that's going to have Hold the Line in it, okay. so they're unlikely to break. And now I'm looking at an extremely affordable but very, very resilient army, and then I just flesh it out with whatever I want. Yeah. You know, at that point I can probably afford to take the the laser cannon or the or the the the, the what is it called the hurricanum yeah the hurricanum or even the war altar but i mean at that point i can afford to take whatever i feel like exactly. i can probably even take a huge cavalry bus cuz all of what described so far is perfectly affordable that's less than 2000 points what i've talked about right it's 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 got all the tools yeah it really does and it's, you get more than you think i mean many of the other armies out there you pay seven, you pay eight, you pay nine points for these guys, and it stacks up. These guys are cheap. Well, I mean, they're anywhere from, I mean, five for the spearmen, but they, they go. you're looking up to about seven for any of the core that don't shoot weapons. True, but that's actually not that no, expensive. Not. Hey, they went up a point. Ooh. <laughs> Your unit of 40 just cost you, you know, those. I mean, if you take 35 guys... And they went up seven, a point. Seven points, and no, they don't cause fear, but neither do they suffer necessarily from weaknesses. And right. you consider that they have the potential to come back from the dead the way the undead do. Right. The potential to always strike first like elves with lore of light. Potential to have flaming attacks and magic attacks with lore of fire. Potential to hit at strength seven with lore of shadow. Whatever the lore is, they have. Yeah, uh, they... And on the flip side, though, you know, the devil's advocate side, yeah. that's the potential. You're absolutely right. A couple right. of really crap magic phases, which is why you're throwing in a hurricane to get at least that one extra die. You know, um, agreed. A couple of crap but, magic phases and your plan. So, so your insurance to make sure that you actually have things to go in your favor is you take the hurricane, but you also take a few of the war priests to enhance your, your channeling. Your channeling, And yeah. probably one of those war priests might just happen to be holding. Um, I don't remember what it's called, but there's a channeling staff from the uh, arcane items. Right. And it gives you, it hmm. channels on a five. Here's the thought. It just occurred to me. They can channel like a wizard, but if they're not a wizard, can they hold arcane? I don't think they can. Uh, probably not. No. So that means your wizard has to hold it. Yeah. Well, then that, maybe that won't work. But even so, when you're throwing that many channeling dice, it starts to pay off. Exactly. Well, we did get one Empire question. Um, I misunderstood because Dave actually posted on Twitter for, for Empire questions, and uh, Ian Loxham was kind enough to respond to our webpage, or to our, uh, to our email address. He asked, um, what do you feel about, what do you feel the best magic lore will be for the Empire now? With all the buffs they can get from the wagons, will it change the way Empire generals use magic? So I wrote him a little response. It's a little long-winded. I'll try and tear through this as quick as possible. I said, hi, Ian. The army's been tweaked by the new book, but I believe that the fundamentals of the army remain the same. Shadow and life seem the most functional toward the army as a whole. However, I'd expect most Empire generals to supplement their spell casting with several war priests for the cheap bound spells, unit buff, meaning hatred, and for the ability to channel like a boss. I don't expect the wagons to take the tournament scene by storm. They're a nice support piece. And as such, top table builds will utilize them for more of their built-in stuff and bonus to the magic phase. They're cool, but more of a knight than a rook is how I describe them. Uh, for me, the true wild card of the Empire, for me, I think, is their cavalry potential. Not necessarily the new demigriffs, which can and likely will perform well, but for the core knights, which will combine well with imperial magic and artillery. So to sum up the question... I think magic lore choices will remain consistent. I believe, personally, life and shadow are the best choices. But now there's a useful mechanic to time your big spells, uh, meaning your lore spells, with those bound spells to force your opponent 
to waste just spilled ice on the small stuff. And now, Dave, with sports and weather, Dave. Okay, we got uh, something came in from Brad Schwant Rellion. Oh, yeah. And uh, I'm going to get this. I think I can get this to play right here. Hey, Garage Hammer. This is Brad Schwant from Rellion's Table. Calling with an air question. I was I thought, with the new bound brief spells, I think Empire players might opt to go with all perks and no wizards to maybe protect themselves from miscasts since they're only using bounds. How well do you guys think an all bound army and the whole lore of magic would work? Thanks. See you guys in the Decepticon. Okay, so um, I, like I said, it was it's a cool to, question. Yeah, when I think we did mention earlier, you could take all warrior priests with the bound spells and skip your... I think there's a build in there for it, but you're also limited as to what you're going to be able to do with it. You're going to lack the... I mean, you have you have the shelling artillery, but the nice thing about magic is that you can reach across the table in that particular phase. I think it lacks teeth. I think you can do it, and it's cool, but I think it lacks teeth, and I think it's the combination of magic and... And the bounce spells, the lore in a bounce spell that's you're gonna that's gonna see it's the the greatest uh, potential. That's not right. to say that it doesn't work or that it can't work. For my money, I'd probably invest in a, in a lore as well. Yeah, uh, my personal belief is I think that it can work, but I don't think it'll work as well on the table as it looks on paper. Uh, I kind of agree. Um, I think that you're just gonna. I mean, a level three. You know, a, just a level three to have something to threaten them. So it's like, well, you can let this go, but then I can, you know, do you want to let all these buffs go? And then I'm going to be free to throw dice. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's giving, it's, it, you know, it's making them make choices by having that, that level three wizard there. Well, there's, there's something else. When you think about what's happened to the artillery in the game, you still have cannons. You'll probably see two of them. You may or may not see mortars. You probably won't see hellstorms. And if you do see hellblasters, they're only range 24. True. So that means unless the hellblaster is right in front of you, um, it's possible that you can now outshoot Empire. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. And if you don't take one of those major lures, you're outshelling them. Yeah. So if you're only taking buffs, Empire suddenly in that awful position of we've been outcastled. Now they've got to run across the table and take what's coming to them. Yeah. Yeah. So So if you're going to go without any magic whatsoever, make sure you invest heavily in art- artillery to make up for it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, that's actually the best answer that I think you can come up with is you got to have something that's going to go across the table. So You've got to force them to come to you. That'll that'll definitely work. Um, let's see if we have time for one more question here. Dave, Chris, floated in an Empire question. Hey, what do you guys think about the infantry models for the Empire? I think they're some of the most hideous models. So let me know what you think. Bye. I think that was Mark Zielinski. And, uh, he thinks they're the most hideous? Yeah. Is it because of the cod piece? I don't care about the cod piece. I think some of the weird facial expressions with the busted out teeth look a little strange. Personally, well, they're like they're peasants. I mean, I guess I disagree. I think I liked them. I, in fact, I know I like them. 
I have um, I loved playing with the Bretonian peasants because they come with so many bits. There's so much character on the spruce. Empire is no different. I got a chance to look through them. Our friend Tom Bertolt, he used to play Empire. Right. Um, oh, that reminds me. Um, I don't know exactly where you're supposed to look. I think Tom's going to post on our Garage Hammer forum. So be sure if you're interested in an Empire army. I guess I'll <laughs> promote Tom. Look at his Empire stuff. He's got an army for sale. Right. Uh, pretty complete in any case. But I, I like the models. I got a chance to look at several of the sprues. He let me cut off some things for, for use for my Chaos Dwarves. Yeah. I, I like them. I think there's some detail to them. I think they're fun. I, I don't have a problem with them per se. In fact, looking through the Empire book, that's one of the things, like I said, that was sort of inspiring me to possibly do um, the army is just all these different uh, guys. Yeah, so the cod pieces look silly. You well, I mean, know? but they are what they're supposed to look like. It's they may look silly to us, but historically, they look they're very much a tip of the hat to many of the Central European. They're very Renaissancey. Yeah, I mean, they're they look very like fluffy. they look like what many warriors from medieval eras looked like. Yeah, so I don't I don't have a problem with yeah, I don't I, have a problem with the models. I don't want to I don't want to contradict what. One of our listeners is saying, but well, I have I mean, to disagree. Hey, every, well, I, I like them. Yeah, I everyone like them has personally. their opinion, yeah. you know. Um, Thank you for the question. My absolutely. personal opinion is I think I like the models. Uh, yeah, and uh, I can't, I don't know where the heck our questions, if we did get some more Twitter questions. Honestly, though, I, will, I think, dude, I think we answered everything. I mean, we were pretty thorough. If we didn't play your question or read your question out, I apologize I want to thank Cranky for uh, for coming on and for talking about Extra Life. Yeah. Guys, I hope we can generate some interest for this. I'm really enthusiastic about it. And I'm sorry we didn't get to get Cranky back on. Um, well, that's that's it's not my fault in regards to my, my evil intent, but it is, unfortunately, I who caused it. I want to apologize to the listeners that we weren't able to have Cranky on at the same time as me. There's there's no ill intention. Unfortunately, guys, I just got, I got sick, and I, I, I couldn't well, do the and show. It, and it happens. I mean... You know, you never know. So he can always come on again. Yeah, I look forward to it. We're going to keep doing this. Cranky and I enjoy our rivalry, but the truth of the matter is I'd love to have him on the show again. I can't wait. And I'm looking forward to seeing him at Pitts because I think he's neat. Yeah, he's a good guy. He's all right, I guess. He sucks a little bit. but (laughs) Listen, folks, uh, tune in on the 10th of uh, May for episode 48. Where we will be discussing other stuff and things. Probably Adepticon is my guess. I'm thinking you're right. And we're just going to be talking about our experiences because Andy and them are going to be doing, what, 24 hours of live broadcasting, 24 hours a day for the whole weekend. I don't know. Some sort of just completely over over coverage. But if you want some of the most handsome post coverage that you could ever possibly get, yeah. I guess that would be point hammered. But then you should listen to us afterwards. Yep. Listen to the handsome point boys <laughs> if you want the good coverage. Listen to the listen to Ohio Hammer if you want the extensive coverage. Listen to us if you want the rest of it. Comedy gold, comedy that's, gold, baby. Yeah, that's it. Comedy gold. You know that's that's a show. That's a show. That's more than a show. That's two shows in one right here today. So and so yeah, Adepticon and then more fun to come, folks, as we get closer and closer to episode fifty, and as we get closer and closer to. Two years of 8th edition. Two years. Wow. I mean, it's, well, three months away, but still, whatever. And 50 episodes of Garage Yeah, plus a bunch of Garage Gamer and other nonsense like that. We are still due. Hopefully, maybe by summer we can spend another one. 
like I said. Yeah, we have to. We have to do it soon so we can get Joe down to talk about Blood Bowl. Yeah, oh, I want to talk about Blood Bowl. I've been Otherwise dying to talk about Blood Bowl. Otherwise, he's going to punch us in the private at uh, Adepticon if we don't get something set up soon. So, and I don't want to get punched in the private. No, I definitely don't. All right. And with those wise words. <laughs> All right, folks. Good night. See you in a couple of weeks. Bye, guys. You've been listening to Garage Hammer. We hope you've enjoyed the show. And if you have, we ask that you leave us a positive review on iTunes. If you'd like to get more Garage Hammer, you can find us on Facebook at Garage Hammer Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, both at Garage Hammer and at Topher Sinister. And, of course, we invite you to join our forums at garagehammer.net. If you'd like to email us, you can reach us at garagehammer at live.com. You can reach David at david at garagehammer.net. And you can reach Christopher at topher at garagehammer.net. 